Howdy doody dandy. It is Thursday, July 18th, and we have an incredible show for you. That is right. AJ Hawk sat down with us for the entirety of today's show, covering absolutely everything. The NFL, golf, Aaron Rodgers, Baker Mayfield, you name it, we talked about it. Aliens. A lot of alien talk. Water talk. Talks about water. Did we? Ocean. Oceans versus space. Oh, yeah, yeah. We dug into it all, and I think you're going to enjoy the hell out of this conversation. Sometimes when I'm talking to him, I completely forget that the guy is an absolute legend, not only in the NFL world, not only in the NCAA football world, but in the world in general. Mm-hmm. A.J. Hawk is a name that rings true with humans everywhere. Hey, you, uh, you know A.J. Hawk? Oh, I've heard of that fucking incredibly <laughs> manly name. <laughs> Last name of Hawk? That'd be great. That's oh, his girlfriend did the jersey thing at the game. Oh, we talk about that. <laughs> but the one thing I love talking about every single episode is the greatest ticket buying platform on planet Earth and the moon. moon. That's right. SeatGeek has done it again. Somehow they've upped themselves. Somehow they've found a way to get even better from their perfection they were before. That's right. They scan all the other ticket buying platforms and make sure you're getting the best tickets for the best value. You never get catfished either. The ticket that you buy is the ticket that you get. Not a lot of ticket platforms can say that, but SeatGeek can. And SeatGeek right now is offering $10 off your first purchase if you use the promo code PAT. Also, they're offering $20 off your first purchase with promo code McAfee. Now, let's have a little self-awareness per usual. If you're not rich yet, go ahead and use that McAfee. Get $20 off your first order. If you are loaded, go ahead and use promo code PAT and get $10 off your first order. The NFL is right around the corner. Go ahead and secure some tickets to the ball game. Oh. <laughs> I was going to say the stadium. Power through. I almost said it's the ball game. <laughs> maybe go see a comedy show. Maybe go see a play. You know, Go to the theater for an evening with a lady or maybe some friends. I took Todd to book a Mormon. It was just he and I in this thing. Mm-hmm. Best great. show I've ever seen live. Yeah, you, can sit, you can sit obnoxiously close to other humans while watching something incredibly mm-hmm. entertained and love it. And SeatGeek is the place to go get those tickets. Shout out to you for listening to the show. You don't have to. And shout out to SeatGeek. Now, ladies and gentlemen, a conversation with a great. Here we go. Oh, my God. You should see how good you look on this side. Oh, Oh, are you in a big boy chair over there? What kind of chair? Yeah, look at it. (laughs) Is that a satchel? What is that? It's a satchel. Yeah. I don't know. This is my wife's desk thing. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Quick, Quick deflection there. All right. I like it. I mean, I'm not scared of. I would carry it. Well, the reason why you could carry that is because joining us now, live from his home, sitting on a what looks to be a royal chair of some sort with a high back, and it's because this man deserves it. He's a Super Bowl champion. His actual license plate says Ohio State Legend. He's from Ohio. He's one of the most handsome men on earth. Fresh off the American Century Championship Golf Tournament. Ladies and gentlemen, podcaster, good at lifer, motivational speaker, cliche user, handsome white guy, linebacker, A.J. Hawk. What's up, man? (laughs) <laughs> nothing no dude i'm so excited to talk to you i haven't talked to you in so long i know it's been a while whenever i send you a text i uh i get a facetime called nine days later so i'm, I'm, I'm excited to catch up man i want to let you know it's not just you it's not just you i've had an insane schedule the last couple of months i've been running around like a madman and when i did see that text from me that you sent to me i saw it immediately 
And something happened where I just didn't respond. And that's 100% on me. That happens a lot, though. I do these IG stories. I ask for people to ask me questions. I never respond. It's 100%. It's a weakness of mine. It's a weakness. It's not a weakness. I get it. I do the exact same thing. I'm, I don't Trust me. I don't take it personally. I'm okay with it. You asked me why I wasn't in Tahoe, and I almost feel like there was a chance if I was out there, I would have been invited to you and Aaron Rodgers' little 70s or 60s party you guys had. I actually missed that little 80s party. I was not there for that. I had to go to the course for some, I forget what it was, some karaoke night, actually. I'd go watch, but they did that while I was away, and I came home. And they wanted me to get in costume, but I didn't bring anything accidentally. Oh, you were living with Aaron <laughs> Rodgers out there? Not living, but yeah, he rents a house out there, so we stay out there, and my brother and I and my wife were there, and we paddleboard in the morning, get in that cold lake and swim, and it's a great spot, man. I would have went if I knew there was a chance of me being invited to this house. I'm sure you would have. He, Pat or um, Aaron told me you were awesome down in the Bahamas. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> can you say that a little bit louder so we can clip that? If you could look straight into the camera too, so we can use this as a and use instead of saying you say Pat McAfee. Yeah. Where's yeah. my camera on my phone? I can't see it. My yeah. No, that makes hey, me. That made I'll me say yeah. Good. Aaron told me. Hey, said hey, Pat McAfee was the MVP of this tournament. Whoa. Oh my God, dude. I don't know what you know. I mean, something just happened inside of me that hasn't happened on a lot of times. By the way. I wish you would have went to that tournament. It would have been cool to have you down there. Oh, the Bahamas thing? No, I don't think I... Um, you guys are good golfers down there. No. I played also in Tahoe this year. Maybe the worst I've ever played. How many years have you gone to this Tahoe tournament? I think this was my ninth year. Because... Early in it, you speared a, a random drunk kid on the course. That took over the internet. I think that secured your invite forever, I'd assume. I would hope <laughs> it would give me a couple years. I don't know. You, there's, they tell you there's like, nine, there's like 88, 90 people in the field, and there's over 400 people in consideration. So every year they cut people. So I'm just thankful to keep getting invited back. I'll do whatever it takes. I wonder if they'll invite me next year since I turned it down this year at the 11th hour. I literally yeah, at the what, 11th hour. Man, I was just my schedule was fucking insane. It was, and I was like, I can't go for five days to Tahoe right now with everything we got going on. So I had to back out of it. Literally at the eleventh hour, though, it was uh, it was me talking to the mirror a lot. Like, bro, this tournament is an awesome fucking tournament. You see it on TV all the time. Your best friend Aaron Rodgers is going to be there. Other people <laughs> are going to be there. You have to go. And then I, I made like the first mature decision of my entire life. I was like, nope, it'll ruin me if I go out there for four days. I won't be able to survive. Yeah, I mean, everyone missed you. We uh, There's a players meeting on Wednesday night, and they said, oh, there's 21 new players this year in the tournament. And they, they announced the new players, and they stand up and give a little wave. And they didn't announce your name. And I was like, all right, well, it's not that he didn't just miss the meeting. They didn't announce his name, so he must have backed out. And I knew your schedule was nuts. But then every single day I was out there playing multiple people, usually 36 years and below. Everyone was like, hey, man, where's Pat? Pat's not here. What's going on? Where's your boy Pat? 36 years old and below. I got that locked, huh? Yeah, you do. They all, I'm like, I don't know, man. I don't, real busy, I guess. And then the next, like, Three minutes later, another kid would ask him, I don't know, man, I'm not his dad. <laughs> I was wondering how long it took for you to get sick of that. I wish I, we could have had the footage of the exact human that asked you that question that you were done with it. I don't fucking know. All right? I asked I him, I asked him I the same was, thing. I wasn't that direct with the dude, but I guess I, I tried not to get outwardly frustrated. Like I tried not to show it to them. But I'm, then I took it as a compliment. I'm like, hey, man, I guess... Some of the things that Pat and I have done, people watched and listened. 
That's a great way to flip it because we have done some magical stuff. We we had a podcast called the Laces Out Show. <laughs> Or it was me, him, and Jerry Thornton, who's a uh, personality from Boston. It was when I was at Barstool, AJ was doing some stuff. And I looked, the schedule was terrible. I mean, it was a fucking terrible schedule. We recorded it at like midnight on Sunday nights, and we had a show Monday morning. It, I mean, it was tough. It was very tough. But uh, I had a great time. You're an electric figure on the internet. The hot cast is something that doesn't get talked about enough, your podcast. Do you still do that? I don't really see updates pop up that much. That's my problem, man. You know, like it's consistency, and yep. I'm terrible with consistency. My problem is booking guests. I don't have a team of 38 people around me to, to reach out and to get people to book book these guys for me. So maybe I do. Maybe I need to find a crew. I, honestly, I, I struggle coming up with suggestions in my own head of who I want to reach out to. So I struggle with that. And by the way, Zito's doing no booking. So <laughs> count him off the list. A lot of the guys in here. But I'll come in. I'll be like, hey, who is somebody who would be a good guest? Because I feel like they would know better. And then Ty here put together a list. And I've been scared to reach out to a lot of them, to be honest. I, because all the good guests are people that – because you're taking a big risk here asking them to come on your show. And then when they say no, it's hard not to just hate them forever. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I don't want to hate everybody forever. I guess. I mean, I've had people either. Is it better if they just say no or is it better if they just ghost you and they go dark and never respond or maybe respond once? Yeah, that sounds cool, man. And then you, you hit them back and you're like, hey, yeah, let's work out a day in time. And then nothing. You never hear from. Has them that happened with you? Oh, yeah. Who? I, I don't too many to count. I don't know. I mean, I, I feel like I, I can't even think. Somebody ghosted A.J. Hawks. <laughs> yeah, I've reached out to a lot of I've had some people where you they ghost me for eight months and then they get back to me like you. Hey man, yeah, let's about that podcast. Let's do that. <laughs> I would never ghost AJ. I need though, I need guest suggestions, honestly. If you or any of your team thinks any good there'd be good people for me to talk to, honestly let me know because that's I'm in a real drought right now. I'm How about struggling. Pac-Man Jones? Would you enjoy talking to Pac-Man Jones? Absolutely. I was on his team for a year. Pac-Man's the best. Oh, Okay, so this, I don't know if this will make the final cut or not. We'll kind of, we'll mark this and see if we're not. This is something I do want to talk to you about. Pac-Man Jones wants to do a podcast. I think you and him doing a podcast together would be fucking electric. <laughs> if we were co if well, does Pac still lives in Cincinnati, doesn't he? Yeah, he lives in Cincinnati full time. I think you could, we could set up the tech for you two just to beam to each other. Oh, wow. That'd be amazing. I would love it. I, I think so, too. Right I sat behind Pac in our team meeting. I love that dude. I think you would be a good host for him too, right? So I don't, I don't think Pac-Man can host the show, but boy, I think if somebody sets him up for some things to say and have good conversation, he's a lot more intriguing figure than I could have ever imagined. We had him at our show in Cincinnati. Uh, we did a live show there. He was our guest. A, the crowd went nuts for him. They went crazy for him. We mentioned the name Chris Collinsworth as potentially being a guest. The whole place booed. I've never heard a place boo that loud. But they went nuts for Pac-Man, and he's obviously entertaining, and his stories would be incredible. And we we're trying to figure out a good co-host for him. And I literally thought to myself, I was like, AJ, somebody, I think Zito said AJ Hawk. And I was like, fucking AJ Hawk would be a great. So I think that could be a potential gold mine there for you. I think, yeah, I don't know if it's going to make it, but you know, honestly, if Pac would want to do it, Think of me and Pac, and I just kind of talked him through the games. Like, we, we record, put it out on Mondays, and I asked him about the big things that happened throughout the Sundays, and we kind of go back and forth because, you know, Pac can talk for days, and he's, he's super smart, too, especially football. when it comes to fo football yeah. smart. He's unreal. I mean, he played until he was like 50 years old at corner. <laughs> I mean, that is not an easy thing. You've got to be very intelligent out there to play corner. 
Yeah, and he is vicious every day in practice. Whenever he was going, man, Pac would compete harder than anybody and try to fight any single person on the field. <laughs> you know why? Why? His upbringing is the most – at the Cincinnati show, I try to keep it light as possible live, but some things you just have to, like – ask about in the way he talked about where he grew up he called it a terror zone he said it was a terror zone where i grew up if you didn't fight you're basically a dead man and then they hand me 19 million dollars or something like that and tell me i can't fight anymore he said that didn't <laughs> i didn't do great with that he said I, I didn't do great with that it was interesting to kind of hear him open up about it all including strip clubs even talking about strip clubs earlier. it was it was very interesting to hear him talk about it all because i think he hindsight he wouldn't change anything because it's kind of made him the man he is today, but I think he's recognized that he went through some troubles with a lot of that shit. Yeah, but his pack is he's smart enough to to realize why he is the way he is. Like you said, he 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 sees like no, I remember talking to him at times. He's like, no, it's just different, man. Like where are you you're from and where I'm from, it's different. Like, <laughs> sometimes he's like, sometimes I I just freak out or you know I just explode and and that, then I eventually he comes back to to life. He comes back and realizes what's going on, but. Yeah, I, I respect his like he, he lives by like a code where like you don't cross him, you don't you don't mess with him or any of his family or disrespect anybody. And I, I kind of I, I really respect that like code that he lives by every day. It's really nice to be on the good side of Pac-Man, by the way. I'm happy that I'm there. <laughs> I'm, ha I'm really happy that I'm there. It's cool that it happened too. It's just kind of because we had WVU connection, then we played Cincy every preseason, so I got to talk to him. He's I think you two would make a hell of a team. Honestly, I think it'd be a great show. Let me know, man. It'd be fun. All right, we'll try to set up the say There it is. Let's lock that in. Okay, cool. Um, what else is going on in your life? What are you doing this fall, AJ Hawk? You last year you were doing games. I got a chance to call a game with you. Uh, people are saying that you and I were possibly the greatest broadcast team in the history of football. So that's kind of cool. Um, <laughs> are you calling more games? Are you doing the high school football thing that you did with Adidas? He did this high school football thing with Adidas where it was four and a half hours straight, no commercials. Oh, Just wow. It was a Joe Rogan podcast <laughs> while watching a high school football game. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they'd have a little five-minute piece they'd run at halftime. Uh, yeah, I think I'm going to do maybe five games for them this year for Adidas, Friday Night, Friday Night Stripes, they call it. And yeah, oh, they, I their production's ridiculous. Um, do you enjoy calling games? Yeah, I do that. I, I, I love doing games, and I, I'll be doing some college games too. So I, I love it. That's my number one thing I always want to do is games, and then serious radio and podcasting all throughout. And kind of that's I make my own schedule there, and then the games are the one thing that I kind of get locked into for the fall. We're just getting started. This thing gets going and gets going in a hurry. You're going to absolutely love it. Another thing you're going to love is longer-lasting sex. Oh, oh. Yeah. Yeah. Most guys have tried different ways to last longer, but thinking about baseball doesn't always work. The folks at Roman, an online men's health company, are changing the game with Roman Swipes. Mm. Roman Swipes. That's the secret to longer-lasting sex. Saying the Pledge of Allegiance in your head? Very patriotic of you. Not going to make you last longer. Did nope. you know why? You're done with that thing in about 35 seconds. <laughs> oh, congratulations. You've extended your nut. 35 <laughs> seconds. <laughs> Maybe count backwards from 10. That's just another 10 seconds. You do both those things, that's 45 seconds. That's still not a little place called Pleasure Town just yet. Go ahead and let the Roman Swipes take a visit there and stay there for a little bit longer. Roman Swipes are a clinically proven way to last longer in bed. They're effective, easy to use, fast acting, and doctor recommended, but don't require a prescription. 
Roman can ship the swipes to you in discreet, unmarked packaging, and each swipes packet is small enough to hide in your wallet for whenever you need it. About to get laid. Whip this out. Last longer. It's like Pavlov's dog. Mm. Oh, yeah. Good pull. Thank you. The bell is your opportunity to have sex. Mm. Ding, ding. I like that. The saliva is you grabbing the wipes. Then the treat is you lasting longer. Mm-hmm. Swipes are great. They will not transfer to your partner, so you can last longer without worrying about anything else. They're super easy to use. Just take the swipes out of the packet, apply, let it dry, and then you're good to go for a long time. That's it. Keep Roman swipes in your back pocket for longer, better sex, and get yours fast with free two-day shipping by visiting GetRoman.com forward slash USA. That's G-E-T-R-O-M-A-N dot com forward slash U-S-A. Hey, last longer this weekend. If you order now, let's make it happen. (laughs) Go ahead and put on a show. Speaking of show, let's get back to it. I think I've asked you this before, and you've either said you don't have an answer or made fun of the question. I forget what it was. It was one or the other. I think you made fun of it. I think. Well, what's the question? I'm fucking getting to it, all right? I just burped up a bang. I drink these bang energy drinks, and they kind of cook inside of me. I was trying to get it out there. Um, is Endgame being like a number one analyst on a football game? Well, no, I, I think I made fun of the question and said it was a stupid question. Probably. <laughs> um, it's not a stupid question. I shouldn't say that. That was mean, Pat. I apologize. Um, Jesus Christ. What is a number one analyst? I don't know what that means. Like, like it's Tony Romo right now is the number one yeah. analyst. Chris Collinsworth is the number one analyst. Uh, Booger McFarlane is a number one analyst. Uh, um, let's see. Thursday Night Football. Okay. Jo- Troy yeah. Aikman is the number one analyst. Yes, they're, they're the number one crew for their network. Yes. Yeah, of course. Uh, no, I don't have like a goal like that. Yeah, it'd be awesome. I don't know if that would ever happen someday. But I, I like doing games. And if I eventually get some big games or get on – different networks cool that'd be fine with me but i'm cool getting reps and trying to, to get better at it but there's no like end game it's not like oh i want to call the super bowl one day you ever see that thing troy aikman was real honest he called his super bowl however many years ago and afterwards he felt kind of weird and like a little bit depressed and awkward and, and people were like oh what's going what's wrong man that's like the, the biggest moment of your life he's like no i played it. i won three rings like i was just <laughs> talking about the game but like, it's not that big a deal like i don't he felt weird about it and that's kind of how I'm, I'm like no like i like doing it i like being there no matter what the level, what the game is like. like. I don't have to be doing a giant game that the whole world sees. Is it tough after you win a Super Bowl and be crowned the best in the world at something to find that um, pleasure in anything else? Uh, no, but uh, no, not at all. I, I mean, but sure, sound like that with Troy Aikman, right? It was like <laughs> Troy Aikman was like, no, I have the greatest moment. I won three Super Bowls. It's kind of hard to match that feeling, I'd assume. It has to be. Yeah, you you can't match that. I mean, what about you when you, you kick off in the Super Bowl? Can you match what you felt like right before you made that kick? No, you can't. You honestly cannot. I mean, you can't have that feeling. Now, granted, I don't know if I can match the fucking the amount of misery that was in that locker room after we <laughs> lost, too. I don't know if you can match that either. No, you can't. That's the beautiful thing about it. That's why when you win, it's so great. That's like when you go and do these live tours and you sell out, it's got to feel pretty good. It does, actually. It does feel pretty good. We got like 27 straight right now at this point. Sellouts to start a career. That's not bad. Not bad. It's not bad. 6,000 seater in there, too. Just drop that one right in the middle. It's pretty good, AJ. It's really good. Congratulations. You're doing great. (laughs) It just doesn't feel like you're actually proud of me. I'm I'm dead serious. (laughs) Pat, you don't understand. Hopefully, it makes you feel good and not weird. But people ask me about you all the time. No matter where I go, people are like, Hey man, what's Pat McAfee like? What's Pat like? <laughs> and, I, 
And I always tell him, like, Pat's the man. I'm like, Pat's awesome. He's a super nice dude. He's super cool, and he's always like that. He's not just – he's not a character. Let's go. I appreciate that. Let's talk about that college football game you and I called. I know. What about that? Yeah, man. That was fucking fun. It was really fun. And now, hey – Little uh, little fact: the old Texas Tech coach is now the Arizona Cardinals head coach after he got booted the next day. <laughs> <laughs> That's what happens, though. You and me call a college game; good things happen to people. You know what I mean? Guy automatically we call one game. Well, we sat on one phone call with him. I sat on one phone call with this guy. All of a sudden, he's a fucking NFL coach now. People were talking about Sean McVay rub. What are you talking about? <laughs> AJ and I call one game this guy has, put him over so hard, he loses, and we put him into the NFL. That's nice of us. He, he deserves to pay us a little percentage. Baylor's head coach hey. was getting interviewed, too. Yeah, Baylor's head coach, Matt Rule or whatever, mm-hmm. he's probably going to get a job here in the next like month or so if he wants it. Instead, yeah, he's, he's interviewed for head coaching jobs like every offseason, it seems like. So, yeah, those guys, are they owe it all to you. Us. Us. Sorry. We owe oh, in... Um, Sean, play-by-play guy? Sean. Sean, right? From New Orleans. Yep. <laughs> uh, you could tell, like, in the first quarter, they didn't really know what to do with me. The <laughs> Sean guy was talking a lot. I mean, he, I, I've never heard a play-by-play guy talk that much. Led through the entire thing. And then it just kind of started loosening up towards as the game went on. And the thing that I liked about calling the game with you is I could spar with you a little bit. Like, I could make fun of you. You'd make fun of me back. When I did the NFL game with Robert Smith, boy, <laughs> I look like a bad guy. I'd make fun of Robert, and he wouldn't say anything back. It's like, oh, I'm a terrible fucking guy. I am a terrible human being. That's not good. I get it. Yeah, I mean, well, yeah, irrefutable. I know you came back. That's <laughs> <laughs> uh, so much fun. Well, I, I do that. I understand when you, like, I know Robert Smith. Well, Robert's, like, he's a professional. Oh, yeah. That, he's a professional, and I... I feel like I deal in sarcasm a good amount, and you understand that. So I can understand when you come back at me with that kind of stuff. He was he was an incredibly nice human being. I mean, talking to him the night before, I knew nothing about this guy going in. I, I had no idea. My dad was like, oh, I like him. I'm like, I honestly have no idea who this guy is. Night before, start talking to him. Gentleman. Nice guy. Funny guy. Has like a fitness like business, like around fitness. I'm like, okay, you and me, very different human beings, but... I think this is going to be good. Day of, good conversation. And when we got on air and I started letting bullets fly, I was like, oh, my God, not with Robert Smith, Pat. Not with Robert Smith. Just the way it goes. Um, who do you think is going to win the Super Bowl next year? Oh, gosh. I don't know. I Patriots? Like, you think, you, do you think Gronk comes back like week 12 and then the Patriots make a run? All right. Did you ever have any um, – what's the word for reoccurring injuries? Um, did you have any lingering or reoccurring injuries? <laughs> I like reoccurring. Did you have any reoccurring injuries <laughs> in your body that are very important to the game of football? For instance, your back, if you're a tight end, is a pretty important thing. Did you have any lingering or reoccurring injuries that happened to you? Uh, no, I mean, I, I haven't had much cartilage in my right knee since I was probably 19. I mean, that's the main thing I've dealt with my whole life, really. Me too, by the way. I, I think my knees were a reoccurring injury for me, and kicking, that's a pretty big deal. But for Gronk, that back of his, man, I just I think he has a lot going on off the field. If he comes back, I don't think it's this year. Really? I think if, if something goes on this year where, not that he ever would, because he is such a massive fan base and he's so big as platform-wise, let's say it doesn't have the, the, his expected success he has off the field which I'm not saying he's going to. I'm just saying if this does happen, I think then there's a chance where there's a conversation about, hey, maybe we get back out there and uh, catch some footballs again. I think maybe. I think he's going to go for it this year, though. I think he's going to really go for some. 
but what's he going to go for? Like, do you think is he going to be the Rock? Like, do you think he's that kind of guy? I think what Marky Mark and all of them came out basically and said they're going to put him in a couple movies. I think they said they were going to do that. Sylvester Stallone maybe even said it. Oh, wow. I well, think like people came out and they're like, yeah, we're going to put him in movies. And Gronk, I would assume, because everybody talks about how high his football IQ is and everything like that. I'm assuming he can learn how to act pretty quickly. I don't know how he'll be. He might be typecasted like all those other guys, but I think he's going to be in a couple movies. Oh, I'm sure he will. Yeah, I mean, everybody knows who Gronk is. Everybody loves Gronk, and they they can't get enough of him. So, do you love Gronk? I do. I think it's great. I, I love his whole. My favorite thing, if you watch when he got drafted, his whole family. You see when they got on the stage and they started jumping and humping each other. <laughs> what was that? Yeah. Sounded like that was a little bit of a shot maybe at the Gronk family right there. The that, hump. A shot? No, I thought it was awesome. He gets drafted by the Patriots, and these all these meatheads just get on stage <laughs> and start jumping around in a circle. Like It was amazing for the NFL. I, like, I wish there was more families like that. His brother Chris played for the Colts for a little bit. He was on the punt team for me. He uh, now created the Ice Shaker. He's they're on the Shark Tank, I believe. Yeah, I have, one. I have one sitting right outside. Yeah, he, very nice. He's he's very he's in the Gronk family. He's a meathead, but he's I believe he's supposed to be like the um, the business guy. You know what I mean? Mm. Of the of the family. If you if you're to cast the Gronk family into roles, I think that's his move. He was an incredibly nice human being, and I think that's just the Gronks are just these nice meatheads that just have a <sighs> hilarious life. I think that's a great way to describe them. Yeah, they just like to have a great time. Like, I, I saw Gronk at the Derby a few times, and the dude is just like, just can't help himself. He's like my six year old son. He just sits there. <laughs> I can't hear you. What happened? You cut it out. Well, just a little name drop. You wanted me to ask about going to the Derby with Aaron Rodgers every year. Uh, no, absolutely yeah, not. I mean, you know so, how this goes. You mentioned something. I have to ask about it. That's just kind of what happened right there. No, I'm, try- I'm talking about Gronk, the person that you're asking me about, and you're trying to say I took shots at him, which I never did. Well, you said they were humping each other. You said they were humping each other up there. Well, jumping at, yeah, because they're excited. I thought it was great. They're not allowed to do that? No, they are. I'm just saying you said that the Gronks are all humping each other. That's what you said. I mean, I'm not putting words Air around. humping and whatever. Okay. I <laughs> but I, when, I, when I have seen Gronk at a couple of public things, the dude just – he just can't help himself. Like there's like a little bit of music playing, and Gronk just sitting there dancing. Like, and he's a giant human being, so it garners a lot of attention. But I just think it's great how like free he is. I think he's going to really go for the movie world, though. I don't think he's going to come back. I, I now, granted, do I think his back is a part of that? Yeah, but I also think he's going to see some quick success off the field. That's not going to really want to take him back away from that. Like, because once you see that you can make a massive amount of money off the field without having to you know, go through their uh, treatment and shit every morning at like 6 a.m. I think that is that is a temptation. But also, I didn't win like 400 Super Bowls with the team and was was arguably the most game-changing tight end of all time. So I'm just thinking it out loud here how I think it's going to go, but I don't think so. You think the Patriots won again, though, huh? I mean, it's hard to count them out. It's like trying to count out Alabama or Clemson in college football. Uh, we'll get into that. I mean, uh, Alabama, Kirk Herbstreit told me he thinks Alabama's going to come back and just run the table because they were embarrassed last year. I mean, he told you that. Was he on the show? Yeah, Kirk Herbstreit's a guest of the show. Uh, (laughs) Another Ohio State legend uh, like yourself. He's a friend of the show. Nice. Centerville High School legend. He's the same high school as me. Let's go Elks. Go Elks, yeah. My My holder in college, also Centerville High School. Yeah, you told me that. Yeah. Yeah, great holder. You You remember telling me that? Yeah, yeah, I remember every conversation you and I have because it's like locked in my memory that I, I get a chance to talk to AJ Hawk. Yeah, I'm sure. How, how valuable, Pat, is 
your holder? Is that the most oh. like, unsung hero job on the planet? Yes. You can make a kick and miss a kick for a kicker. Honestly, you actually can. And you never get hurt about it unless your kicker's very good and that kicker misses a kick because normally it's your fault. Other than that, it's just like, yo, get the fuck out of the way. 1.25 seconds from the time the ball is snapped to the time is kicked. So as a holder, everything's got to happen very quick. I think it helped me in my professional baseball, though, yep. because I could see the ball coming out of the pitcher's hand. It was like a 93-mile-an-hour fastball. But for me, the amount of quickness that you got to have whenever you're holding, I could see the ball because you're trying to find the fucking laces on the football. So it was almost the same thing for baseball. I think it has helped me. But, uh, yeah, it's a very it's an unsung hero. You're not really doing much except for sitting in there and possibly fucking it up. Yeah, it makes sense. My brother was a quarterback, and he always held. He held for Mike Nugent, who was a high school kicker. And he was – like, my brother took a ton of pride in that. He would catch yeah. a billion snaps and be so compact. And he always would – I still remember when I was talking to you about it and I see you kick or whatever, it makes me think of my brother when I was in high school. And he's like, no, this is no joke. Like, I, like, I want to be awesome at this. Well, you can really affect a lot of things. I mean, you can really my, – um, my holder from Centerville – was a good friend of mine, old Cash, and he got uh, caught up in a fight that ended up with a, a couple charges being pressed on a group of humans. A group of humans fought another group of humans at a nightclub in Morgantown. One of the humans on the opposing team lost the fight, and they pressed charges on the group that they thought was in the fight. So he got suspended my senior year, so he couldn't hold for like a certain amount of games. And it was a it was a nightmare. It was a very much a nightmare situation. It's like okay, uh, I missed a couple of kicks last year, got death threats. And now I'm trying to redeem myself. I got a whole new holder. This is great, all because my holder was potentially involved in a fight. So I go to court to support him. Right, whenever he goes to court, he's my guy. The dude pressing charges up there on the witness stand points at everybody he remembers from the fight and just like skips over my holder and goes to somebody else. I'm like, my motherfucker, I lost this guy for five weeks because you fucking <laughs> thought. And uh, he got charges dropped and he was back holding the next day. But that's a very important job. It's a huge thing. If you lean it just an inch the wrong way, it's a guaranteed miss. Really? Yeah. And if you miss the spot by like an inch and a half, fucking guaranteed miss. You might as well just lock it in. Well, I, I, I would just saw today online, I think Steve Weatherford retweeted from NFC Championship game that was it Tynes who drained a kick. Yeah. He caught like it was a bad snap and he he got it and got it down in time. Yeah, that's a big deal. It's a big deal. Steve you Weatherford, know, friend of your show, right? Steve Weatherford is a friend of the show. Whenever he was on the show, he couldn't complete the show without working out during the show. Started squatting the table, <laughs> started doing wall sits, started doing push ups during the conversation. It was uh outrageous. And there's a reason he looks the way he does and I look the way I do. You look good. You look good. How do you maintain looking good all the time with your 45 kids and your hectic schedule? Surprised you can't hear them right now. Um, <laughs> what do you mean? I get up in the morning and I work out. Yeah, of course I do, bro. <laughs> yeah, bro. Now, I wake up and eat protein, bro. And then I take no. my fucking my, my pills and then I work out. My pills. What time do you wake up? What time do you wake up? Do you have a schedule like one of those crazy routines like Marky Mark Wahlberg who's up at 4 a.m., plays around at 9 before 4.45, <laughs> studies his Bible, talks to his kids, works out four times, and then he's it's 9 a.m. and he has breakfast? I think he said he wakes up at 2.30, which if any – okay. Nothing against Marky Mark, but I don't believe you at all. <laughs> <laughs> and the best part about Marky Mark's schedule, he said like wake up 2.30, Bible time morning pages workout at three all their blood play golf golf practice nine thirty, family time and i'm thinking okay marky mark if it's june or july maybe 
if it's the rest of the year, 9.30 is not family time, bud. Your kids get on the school bus way before Oh! <laughs> A.J. Hawk poking holes in the story. <laughs> yeah. Maybe he meant family time with he and his wife when they really can connect. Oh, so oh connect like oh, That's sexy a good time. Thing. I think it's about- incredible you think Mark Wahlberg's kids ride a school bus. They <laughs> 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 homeschool More like helicopter. <laughs> good point. Great point. Hey, Marky Mark's been doing it a long time. What is your schedule, though? Do you have a routine? Uh, nothing like a set. I mean, I get up like at 5.30 and work out because my kids get up at like 7.15, about 7.30. So I like to, I got to be – I want to be finishing up before they try to come down and work out with me. Do you hit the snooze button? Uh, I have, yeah. Coach Rich Rodriguez told uh, my class – our freshman year, that Tiger Woods never hit the snooze button, and that's why he was a champion. So he'd like us to eliminate that from our our schedule, and I just I just couldn't do it. Honestly, it's, it's... <laughs> did he talk to his ex wife Ewan Woods at the time? Like, who would know? But her, like, who would who knows? That? <laughs> there's forty people. Oh yikes! <laughs> Zito just said there's a lot of people that know that actually. I guess well, we don't well, know. Stories. We don't know. Do we know if they spent the night or not? We're not sure. True. You're 100% true. I would assume Good a guy point. that doesn't hit snooze button doesn't let anybody sleep next to him either. <laughs> I would assume. I wouldn't. No chance. So you hit the snooze button every once in a while. How many times? I have. Uh, no, nah, just usually once. I try to reset the clock, reset my iPhone timer like 12, 14 minutes you know, later. Yeah, why don't they give you two options there? The nine-minute option... For the snooze, I'm sick of. I would like 15 minutes, bro. Maybe 29. Maybe mm-hmm. give me a. There should be an option for that. 29. Yeah, because 30 minutes is supposed to be like the perfect power nap, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. Okay. Do you ever, Pat? Do you ever put your phone in your like with your alarm, like 10 feet from your bed, so you're forced to get up and go get it? I've heard this theory. I've heard people do this. There's no way I could do that though. I would like my phone to be right next to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would never do it either. But you know what I got? I got a thing that, like, I guess deaf people use. It's a Bluetooth vibrating um, alarm clock, and you put it behind your pillow. And I used this thing for two years, and the problem was it would start buzzing, like, behind my head, and I wouldn't wake up at, like, 5.15, 5.30 in the morning. My wife would lose her mind because it would wake her up. (laughs) (laughs) And it was I got it to try to not wake her up because I didn't want my alarm going off and waking her up early. So I, I had this thing for like a year and a half, and I, j- I actually just just got rid of it and went back to just the old. Oh, rest in audible. peace to the deaf uh, thing. Yeah. <laughs> rest in peace to the deaf alarm. Yeah, I still have it. I still have. It. I can send one, send you guys one if you need it. Now I moved too much with my pillow too. That thing would be knocked off the bed before the night. That was my problem. It would go off, and we would know where it is. Like I would. Just- <laughs> <laughs> That's. I think that was the final nail in the coffin. I'd be downstairs working out. And I guess I I didn't realize I didn't shut it off. And my wife said, or, or you can hit snooze on that thing. And all of a sudden, it would be vibrating and buzzing super loud, like at the foot of the bed or on the ground or something. And she would lose her mind and want to break it. <laughs> now, that's Brady Quinn's sister? Yeah. I think it's amazing because you guys were one of the first uh, celebrity football couples in uh, the history of the game. <laughs> Nope, can't really <laughs> say that. You were. You were one of the first celebrity football couples. First off, you could, football players, not celebrities. My wife wants nothing to do with the public, any what? kind of public I, life. I know she doesn't. I understand that. I respect it a lot. So you can't say anything like, no. I was so forced to watch your story. I was forced to watch your love story. Yeah. It was shoved down my throat. Was it? <laughs> yeah. no was it not? Yeah, she had the split jersey on. Yeah, she had the split. It was shoved down our throat, AJ. I mean, yeah. not, not on yeah. purpose. I'm not saying it's your fault, but I'm just saying 
you guys were the first real celebrity football couple. Yeah, we were we were naive to think, I guess. Some guy gave her a jersey and we're like, okay, cool, wear it. I don't know. I've known you for two months. And so she wore it <laughs> and then they showed her on camera a bunch. She didn't make that? No, some dude gave it to her trying to get some marketing pub or something. Oh my god, god I feel lied to. <laughs> I feel lied to. I don't think that we didn't she didn't do anything to like give his company any publicity. We didn't, but he just no, but, gave it to her. I thought she was sewing that yeah. thing together. I thought she stapled it together. Like, oh, my heart is torn between my brother and my lover. You know, I thought it's- that whole thing was happening. <laughs> and here I was being force fed. The story it was all just a bunch of bullshit. If she would have put that thing together herself, which she would never waste the time to do, I think halfway into it, she would realize, like, what am I doing? Like, no, I'm not going to wear this dumb hat. <laughs> Uh, so being the first celebrity football couple, did it have a lot of pressures? Go on. <laughs> Wasn't it Mark Gastineau for the Jets, a big old dude back in the day? He went out with some famous lady. That's a true football power couple. Huh. Where's, I don't know. What a, <laughs> so you've been asked this question before. That's why you had to do some research and find out another couple before you guys? No, I've never been asked this question before. That's why you're a great interviewer. <laughs> That means a lot. Hey, I just drank some more of that. I'm sorry. How, you, how about uh, how much are they paying you? You might want to not drink that anymore. None. They pay me nothing. I even slid into the guy. Jack is his name. I slid into his DMs. He left me on scene. He left me on scene. Didn't even respond. Didn't even see a little bubble pop up that he was potentially <laughs> responding. He clicked on it, looked at it, went right back to his life. Would you say like, hey, this is look at my giant following. All these people I have. I can want you at least send me some free product. And he just said nothing. Yeah, it's probably the exact <laughs> might be the exact message I sent. Yeah, that might I mean, be. Does that hurt? Does that hurt your feelings at all? Yeah, this goes back to asking people to come on the podcast and them saying no. <laughs> Instead of being rejected, you never ask. You never get rejected. It's a happier life that way. I, I guess. Yeah, I'm torn with that because like I've thought about people I want to reach out to. And I can't get contact info for them, and, and I talk to my brother. Or they're like, hey man, just go like say something to him on Twitter, and that's when it gets weird. When you're like, okay, I'm going to publicly ask this dude, mm-hmm. like, like um. Before he, right before he went on this crazy run, Brooks Kepka, I reached out to him. Nothing. Really? Zero. He's I'm blowing just, up too, by the way. He's, his answer of he only practices for real tournaments. He doesn't even He's pre- the man. When you guys see me golf on TV, that's when I golf. What a hilarious you- answer. <laughs> hey, when you see me punt a ball on fucking primetime, that's the only time I punt a ball. Don't ask me any more questions. <laughs> Don't you think, did you listen to him on PMT? Uh, yeah, I heard clips. I didn't listen to the whole thing. I listened to it all, and that I feel like that interview alone changed the whole like narrative, the whole perception of Brooks Kepka. Because before that, he people were like, "Man, this guy's kind of boring. He doesn't talk much or whatever because he doesn't he doesn't care about anything but like just winning majors and then going out and drinking a beer and getting on his boat." So in that interview with those guys, they really like opened him up, and you saw like how this dude is so unlike the other golfers. Like other most pro golfers are head cases, and they paralyze themselves brooks is like now i've never really thought about a shot ever like he's great (laughs) well i think that's what podcasts do pardon my take in specific they do a great job of humanizing people but i think that's what podcasts do because it's a a relaxed setting you know you get to really learn about somebody i'd assume and i'd argue that i had no idea about aj hawk until i did a podcast with you in a relaxed setting because you feel like you're actually getting to know the real human as opposed to the fake person who's been doctored up for television giving answers as if it's an nfl combine every time they talk to the media yeah you're exactly right and if someone if you're hosting a podcast 
and you have all these hundreds, thousands of episodes, it, that's the person. That's who that person is. Like you're going to know who that host is, and if not, that person's an absolute sociopath. They can legit put on an app for a thousand episodes for thousands of hours. Yeah, he's a little arrogant. <laughs> he's been on the air for five hours for thirty years. That was said about Mike Francesa by his uh, not his agent, his business partner. See, I don't, do you did you know about Francesa before the internet? Back after this, no, I knew nothing about him. But I'll tell you what, I'm getting a painting of him to put in the studio. <laughs> I fucking love the guy. I love that man, honestly. I, I only know Francesa from clips that people call in to mess with him. Like, yes. I've never listened to a show. I don't know where, what he does, what his show is, but I've only seen YouTube clips. And there's a serious show I listen to, and they, when someone messes with Francesca, they play it on their show, and they love it. It's uh, He's incredible. He gives less fucks than any human I've ever seen in my entire life, and he's successfully trailblazed an entire new career for humans in sports talk radio. He's like one of the first sports talk radio guys, and he'll just yeah. drink a Diet Coke <laughs> while somebody's trying to troll him. Go ahead and bury them and then hang up on them. <laughs> it's just, what a life. This guy, he put that on repeat for five hours. He does, He's he, falling asleep you know, on air. It's awesome. Multiple times. I love him. Eats, he eats, gets caught eating ice cream on camera and tries to cover it up so his mm-hmm. wife doesn't see it. He <laughs> he's, uh, he's drank regular Coke before where he, he ripped the plastic off of it, but he left the red Coke mm-hmm. cap on top of This serious show I listen to, they dive deep into all this stuff because his wife doesn't want him drinking regular Coke. Like, he'll try to fool him when he's being simulcast on TV and he always gets caught. He has his own app. Uh, Mike's on. Mike's on, yeah. Mike's on yeah. is his own app. I'm yeah. a, I'm a, I didn't know about him until, like, less than in probably six months ago. He just showed up on my timeline. Somebody retweeted that back after this, and I clicked on it, and I was like, well, what the fuck is this? <laughs> and then I just went all the way in, and I came in, and Ty Schmidt, the uh, uh, producer of this show, he's been a fan for a long time. And he, I, I saw real excitement in my producer's eyes whenever he saw that I learned about who Mike Francesa was. He, I never said that. <laughs> I never said that. <laughs> the dude's unbelievable, honestly. And we're just getting started. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Somehow there is still a lot of time left to dive into even more <laughs> subjects that you're going to want to hear. We have a lot of clippable things that have happened oh, yeah. in this episode. Oh, yeah. Check out our YouTube as well to watch this. We made him FaceTime us three different times <laughs> so we can keep it rolling. Something that shows up at the office once a month that makes me feel very good about myself oh. and say, hey, Pat, you've made some good decisions in your life is the Bespoke Post Box Ooh, of yeah. Awesome. Mm. With Box of Awesome, Bespoke Post sends guys only the best stuff every single month. They test everything in the Box of Awesome themselves. From style and grooming goods to barware, cooking tools, and outdoor gear, every product gets put through the ringer before it gets put inside a monthly Box of Awesome. To get started, take the quiz at boxofawesome.com. Your answers will help them pick the right Box of Awesome for you. They release new boxes every month across a ton of different categories. It's free to sign up, and you can skip a month or cancel any time. Each box costs only 45 bucks, but has over $70 worth of gear inside. Wow. So you're getting a $25 deal already. Plus, you're getting stuff that you would have never bought yourself in the history of yourself that you're going to actually love because that little quiz you took that was very quick, they figured out who you were, what you like, and then whammy, Christmas every single month from your friends at Bespoke Post. Boxofawesome.com and enter the code HEARTLAND at checkout and you'll get 20% off your first monthly box when you sign up today. That's boxofawesome.com, promo code HEARTLAND, 20% off your first box. This is going to be something you're going to love. This is going to be something that's going to, you're going to remind yourself each month when it shows up, you're going to be like, yo, hey, good decision, me. Yeah, awesome. glad I did it's that. It's a little treat. Mm. Look at this. I got a, 
I got a minute glass oh, that so is cool. so incredible to look at. Put it on my desk. People think I'm a sophisticated individual. Am I? No, no. I just signed up for a <laughs> box of awesome, and it showed up out of nowhere. Huge thanks to Bespoke Post for being a sponsor of the show, and also their box of awesome that makes me feel awesome once a month. Who's your favorite current football player other than Aaron Rodgers? Ooh, I've never, I don't know if I've thought about I mean, I, I like Baker Mayfield a lot. I do I, like him. Hey, I like him a lot, too, and I think – I think he's really. I think he's. I think he's it. I do. I, I think this isn't going to be just like a a bust type situation. I think he's really going to do well. Yeah, he seems to be. He he has like a perfect mixture of being a stud player on the field, also being he's already like the team leader in Cleveland. Everyone loves him in Cleveland. He has that attitude and doesn't care, and he's competitive. And I like that he talks. He doesn't give cliches. Like I hope he stays Baker. I hope they don't try to polish him up. Someone there, Cleveland. I don't think the front office cares to do it. But I hope like people around him don't try to like polish him up. Just let him be who he is. I agree because it, it's it's one of those things. Like him and Colin Cowherd going back and forth is something you would never see a starting elite quarterback do ever. They would pay him no. Aaron told me he kills people with indifference, which was one of the best lines I've ever heard. I didn't know what indifference meant at the time when he said it. I had to look it up, and then later it made more sense to me. But he he said I kill him with indifference because all this. Aaron's one of the most scrutinized not only players but human beings probably on earth. Everything he does gets scrutinized, and every time I've been around him, he's been nothing but cool to me. So I I, I, I hate the way everything kind of gets taken out of proportion with him or out of context with him. And he says, I kill him with indifference. And I think a lot of starting quarterbacks, because you're the face of a franchise, do that. But Baker having enough swag to not only engage, but also win the engagements, right? He's not like losing the the interactions. He's winning the interactions, and then he's performing well. That's not easy to do, I don't think. I, I don't think it's easy to be a methodical creature on the football field, which he isn't, but you have to have some sort of high cerebral type mindset to play quarterback in the NFL. And then also the ability to troll with trolls. I mean, that's not something that's not something that's easy to do. That's not something that's easy to do. I, I really like, I'm a big Baker fan. Yeah, of course I am too. I, I love that kill him with indifference line. That's, that's perfect. I, I knew about like, okay, see, this would be an example for indifference for you that I, okay. So I, let's I say, Googled it. I, I know <laughs> what it means now, but the no, listeners, no, yeah, the people that are listening, I, I'm saying make it to a, to re- like have it relate. So if you let's say your your girlfriend, fiance, I'm sorry. Thank you. Right? Hawaii got engaged helicopter whole thing. I saw it. Sorry about it. Sorry about it, guys. Just landing helicopters right below waterfalls and proposing to get a professional photographer for that. With a helicopter that probably cost eight thousand every half hour to fly and landed the hel- a, a waterfall that you had to get special clearance for. I'm sure there was no other tourists around. So good good on you, as the Aussies say. Excuse me. I mean, that was a pretty exact price if you've done this, obviously. So uh, No, I have not, but I have a cousin who's a pilot, so I, I have an idea of how it goes. But so back Did you hold different. on, did you ask your cousin when you saw my pictures? I let this motherfucker <laughs> <laughs> Uh, he, did. <laughs> he did. I, anyways, I'll go back. Yeah. Like so, like, like I told you earlier in the show, like I tell people, you're a great guy. I think the world of you. <laughs> but do you really think that I think that much of you? About <laughs> you I think you did. Uh, but go ahead. No, I, I guess. But no. So let's say you're a fiance now. Let's say you had an old girlfriend in the past, and your your girlfriend, your fiance comes up to you and she said, "Oh, what about your old your old girl Tiffany? Don't you hate Tiffany so bad? Like you hate her. She's horrible." And 
if you say like, yeah, I hate that girl, I hate that bitch, she's terrible, she's the worst, I would be worried if I was your your fiance because you have like feelings one way or the other. No, the ultimate is to say, no, I'm, honestly, I'm completely indifferent towards her. Like, I don't care mm-hmm. one way or the other. Happy, sad, like it, it literally, it never crossed my mind. It doesn't mean anything to me. That in, I think that's truly like, yeah, it shows you how powerful like that can be. Like, if you're a, a media personality, the worst thing you can be is for people to feel indifferent towards you. Yeah, because it means that you're giving no power to person, said person. It's like that's I think Aaron Rodgers when he says kill him with indifference, and he just shows zero emotion either way, one way or the even though he might feel a certain way, showing nothing I think kills the person who said it more than anything else, right? Yeah, because a lot of people just want a reaction one way or the other, and oh, you got to I got to prove my haters wrong. Like no, man. Like come on. Like how about I think I've told you this. How about you prove people right? Like you prove the people that are in your corner, prove them right. You don't have to prove everybody wrong. Like it's a it's a losing battle. Like eventually you're gonna have a heart attack, man, trying to prove everybody wrong. Well, hopefully you don't have that many people saying you're gonna be not gonna be shit. I mean, Jesus. Some people do. Not you, AJ. Everybody in this room thinks you're gonna be the number one analyst. Isn't that what we said? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Yeah, we've been saying that the whole time. Prove us right, AJ. Hey. Thanks, guys. Hey, we're on your side here. I appreciate it. That's why I like coming into the show. Aaron Rodgers, coolest dude you ever played with? Uh, yeah, I'd say so. I mean, for being as good as he is on the field and how he is in like pressure situations in football and then in life, how weird he is, yeah, I'd say for sure. Going back to that Baker thing, it's, it's, a, it's a very difficult task to have the same brain that is cerebral and all that stuff and also be able to be relatable. And I think now Aaron – Aaron, I'm not sure the TV views him as a relatable individual because I don't think he really opens up that much and does that much. But when we meet him, mm-hmm. he just seems like one of the guys. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a very – I don't know how you can be that good at something and be one of the guys. You know what I mean? Like Peyton Manning could have a beer with him. He was an incredible quarterback, but you knew you were dealing with a robot. right? Like This guy <laughs> is a robot. This, this dude works harder than I do. He's smarter than I am. He's wealthier than I am. He's going to do all these things. Aaron Rodgers is all of those things, but when you're talking to him, it feels like you're just talking to like a bro. Like, yeah, what's up, bro? Yeah, that's – you're, you're exactly right. That's super hard to do. Like when you reach that level of success and the elite performer, guaranteed Hall of Famer, all this stuff, everyone knows who he is. To be relatable, it's got to be pretty difficult. If you have a bunch of ball washers around you and a bunch of yes men, that makes it really, really difficult too. So you got to have some real friends around you that aren't scared to tell you the truth. Just for future reference, Aaron, if you're listening – I'd love to be a ball washer, bro. Let me have. <laughs> I'd love, I, would, I would be a ball I washer. Think, I think he are, you're already considered one. All right. Well, it sounds like this show's over. <laughs> <laughs> no, if you, if you had to. No, I'm, I'm sure I'm considered Aaron Ball. Oh, yeah, yeah, like, yeah, of course, yeah. Because I have to go on. Like, if I. You know, if all these like dumb articles come out every once in a while and they say all this strife between McCarthy and Aaron. Oh, yeah. Like, it, it seems like Cowherd or different shows try to call me. And want me to call in and, and comment about it. And I've always stuck with Aaron's side and, and been honest with people and be like, no, like, and just let him know. So I'm sure I'm easily considered an Aaron ball washer, but I tell him, like, I'm biased, man. I've known him for a long, long time. So, but you're like, also I'm, in the locker room and in the team there. So you're a pretty good source to hear from, which not everybody yeah. wants to hear from. No. And a lot of times people, uh, there's some guys that make a living off of bashing players that they played with. Not some guys. It seems like that particular venue of former athlete is growing yeah it sucks isn't that weird i don't know if i could do it i I mean i I want everybody to get rich so if that's how you're going to get rich do what you got to do 
But it would be tough for me to sleep if I just if, buried my former teammates and buried football players. It'd be hard. If it was true, like I guess if I guess it in their mind it's true. Whatever, the, whatever, however they experience a certain situation, it's good to be honest. Like I like when you see former players talk about coaches maybe and they give a little behind the scenes stuff and say whatever like that's cool but if that's like all you do if you're only brought on to bash like one or two superstars it's gonna be tough that would just be difficult i don't know it would be tough i've sat in those production rooms though where they say like what's your thoughts on this what's your thoughts on this what's your thoughts on this okay cool you two are gonna go up there and battle basically it's almost like they want that type of stuff you know which could potentially be francesa's fault <laughs> the guy, this guy that we love, but he's the OG of it, so he gets a pass. Why don't you ever do studio shows? You don't like them? I, I've done a few over the years. They're not my thing, man. I think I've told you that. A lot of guys that I played with, like that's their goal is they don't want to do games. They want to do studio stuff, and they want to do like a reoccurring thing. And you argue back and forth about topics. And I, whew, I mean, I do a lot of radio, so I'm going back and forth with co-hosts, but. Not like that. It's like more long form. Like I can't do the little two minute, three minute segments of why I feel a certain way, and I can't fake an opinion. I really, really struggle taking a side when there's a lot of things I don't care about. Hey, my indifference has hurt me on some of those shows, <laughs> like in those pre production meetings. Yep. How do you feel about it? Yeah, man, if that's what they want to do. <laughs> How do you feel about it? I hate it. How do you feel? I love it. Perfect. You two would talk, Pat. Sit in the fucking green room for another 30 minutes. <laughs> that's me. Yeah, that's my issue. Like, I don't. There's so many things like one thing that bugs me when doing some radio now is like people wanted to call in and ask about the NFL going from 16 to 18 games and every caller has their own theory and their whole plan laid out of how they're going to do it, when these new bye weeks, all this stuff. I'm right, and by it, the way. You're what? I'm right with that. Oh, good. Okay. Well, and then in the NFL, in college, they're talking about going from four to eight teams for the college football playoff Smart. and everybody has their whole plan. And I'm like, man. After a while, it's just, I, I don't care. Like, who cares? If it happens, it happens someday, but I can't do it anymore. I can't do it anymore. 17 games, two bye weeks, two preseason games for actual players, one for bubble players. And that's it. Lock it in. So does the season start a week early? No, I think it just goes a week later. Nah. Yeah, one week later would be okay. Uh, I guess it would have to be two weeks later because it's extra game, extra bye week. So, yeah, maybe one week earlier. See, this is what happens when people call into radio shows. And I'm like, first of all, I'm confused three seconds into it because <laughs> most people don't have a well-thought-out plan of how they want to do it. Well, this everybody would have a neutral site game. That's why it's 17 instead of 16. Where? Who knows? London? Like where? Okay. Canada? Packers, Packers, Bears. Where do they play? Uh, either Packers or Bears. I don't think they would. You, why would you change a rivalry game? I mean, why you, would said, you said, every, oh, everyone has a neutral site game. So, yeah, of course, okay. So, okay, Packers-Jaguars, where are they playing? Uh, probably England, if I had to guess. Jaguars are basically an England team. All right, <laughs> two terrible examples, I guess. <laughs> Packers-LA Rams, where are they playing? Probably in LA. It's going to be hard to take a, a That's way. not neutral. Yeah, but that, there's also, what, we got 13 more games. Are you going to keep rolling through all these? All right, let me, let me pull the schedules up. We'll go <laughs> in no, but I do think that the schedule makers would be a lot more difficult of a job, obviously, figuring that out. But I, I think it's, I think that is, this is, this is negotiations though, right? We want this. We want this. Let's meet in the middle. There's never, there hasn't been any of that between the NFL and NFLPA in a long time. And I'm not saying whose fault it is or who does this. I think the NFLPA prepared us players for war going into the CBA instead of negotiations, right? And I think that might have 
kind of leaked into the NFL side as well. They're like, okay, we're going to fucking war then. This is war instead of like, hey, this is a business where we need each other. Like, hey, you guys have the billions of dollars. We definitely need you. And you also need us to keep your billions of dollars. So let's actually negotiate as opposed to just going to war. So I think both sides can be blamed. But in business, there's negotiation. They want more games. That's going to happen. If the people with all the money would like more games and they keep doing it, let's assume that that's going to happen at some point. But now let's figure out a way to make it right for both sides. I think that is a, I honestly, I'll never know if that'll happen because I think there's a bottom line that both sides want to get. But I don't know. I think that's just a smart answer. It's a meet in the middle. Yeah, it's not going to happen though because the owners have the best lawyers in the world. They're billionaires for a reason. The owners, yes, have all the money. They know these are the only players that can play in the NFL, but they have the leverage because they know the players will not miss any games. The only leverage players have is if they threaten to sit out games and they don't sign a deal on July 29th like we did back in 2011 or whatever, like we had guys that uh, we've said it a million times. We had dudes taking loans out at 40% interest rates in April and May when we were locked out. And it's a time. I didn't know that. That was happening. Yeah, it was happening. Shane Falco would come in there and play too. (laughs) We sat out games. You know what I mean? Old Diggs would be throwing a rock for the Pittsburgh Steelers. (laughs) Scab line fucking as soon as I could get it. I'm fucking going. Yeah, it is. It's very interesting, but just like the refs, I think if the players could figure out a way to really negotiate and find a way to leverage, I think just like the replacement refs, people would get sick of the replacement football players and the league would drop. So fast. So fast. So Mm -hmm. fast. Faster than uh, national anthem kneeling ratings (laughs) dropped. I think it would drop so fast. And it's just, I, I don't. But I hate that type of thing. Like, I wish you could just sit in a room and just be like, hey, let's do business. Let's do let's do business. Like, that's how business works. Like, hey, you and I, let's talk to each other. Goodell and Demory Smith, who I, I'm not certain is a good negotiator. I, I feel like I've read through CBA a couple of times. I, I've only seen flaws. I, I don't know about the positives. There's probably positives. But if they could just sit down and just be like, boom, let's hammer this out, that'd be good. But that's not the way the world works. And I'm, no. It's not going to work that way. These guys are billionaires for a reason, man. They they're going to want their percentages, and they're oh cool, you guys you guys can have an extra two weeks of off season, cool. But we'll take three percent more of the total revenue. Like that, like how it all works is crazy to me. I don't know how it's going to pan out, but they've been saying that oh they've had these like initial negotiations going on right now, and they may even get a deal done early. Absolutely not. That is a win for the owners. The players have no. Our only leverage as, as players when we were there is to sit out game. So why would you ever get a deal done early? Well, what if they're just being nice to each other? What if it's a... Yeah. <laughs> okay, that's real. <laughs> <laughs> Were you a player rep? No. Me neither. I fucking... I couldn't sit in those meetings. I would, <laughs> what a bunch of bullshit. Are we really... Is this a real you know? conversation right now? Shut the fuck up. Hey, you know the best is, too. They would, You know when the PA would come in and they would do their uh, whatever little talk? At the end of the 10-hour day? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And uh, our rep at one point was Jordy Nelson before that, Mark Tauscher, and they wanted Aaron to be our rep so bad. And, and Aaron would – he would sit uh, – yeah, I sat next to him on our team meetings, and I would sit back there like, well, come on, man. Why don't you run? Why don't you run? We'll vote, everyone will vote for you. They all want you to be the rep. Uh, and 
like the look of disgust that he would give me. When I would, I would, they'd be like, all right, well, hey, who was going to, when you, we had to vote for new ones, I would try to raise his hand sometimes. And he, he would want to kill me. Because yeah, there's no chance. It was a fool. Like you had to nominate somebody. Yep. Then there was a voting process. Vinatieri nominated me every single year until I stopped going to the meetings. I stopped going to the meetings the last two years of my career. I was like, I'm not going to this fucking meeting. Nothing happens. Just don't leave me in my Madden check in my fucking little cubby, please. Because yeah, they show that, you, they show that's you. how they did it, though. That's how oh, they yeah. got you to the meeting, so they would bring your check. Oh yeah, like, hey, who wants that money? <laughs> and then they would show a video of how the back in the day players were uh, had to work four jobs, and how there was rats in the locker room. And then the union came in and saved the day. And this is why you need the union. Happy for us. Congratulations to the union. The union would be showing this video, and then it would end, and everybody would like clap, and they'd be like, "All right, we'll do." Uh, some questions and answers. Uh, we'll nominate our reps, and then we'll get you that check. We'll get you that Madden check. <laughs> and then it was just like, anytime anybody asked a real question, the rest of the room was like, hey, we've been here for fucking 12 hours a day, okay? <laughs> Enough with the fucking questions, all right? We just want this check, and we want to get out of here. That's real. Oh, yeah. That's exactly how they would go. And they would also say at the time, like, gentlemen, the world is ending. The sky is falling. Save <laughs> your money now. We are. You are getting locked out. These selfish owners do not want any part of it. They will lock the doors. So save 80% of your income now and be ready. Okay. <laughs> well, I'm probably going to need to buy a loan by April or May, so I'm going to go ahead and get about 40% interest rate on that loan, and I'm going to go ahead and survive another year. People were actually doing that? Yeah, it happened, man. Like Guys were taking giant loans out. Like, and, and you know, like. That's what people don't realize. You only get paid during the season in the NFL. You get like a stipend in the offseason for OTAs and stuff, but it's nothing compared to what your contract is. Man, I'll never forget after my rookie year, they told me to save my money. I went back to training camp with basically what I had in college in the bank account. <laughs> I was pretty excited for that season to start back up. <laughs> Happy we made the team again, boys. Happy we made the team again. We're going to start from zero again. Well, that was like when the players went on strike, and I can't remember what it was, it early 90s, I think. And then uh, LT was one of the guys who ended up crossing and pretty much ended the strike because he needed money because he ran out of money because he had a drug problem, and he basically <laughs> broke the strike. Nobody ever talks about those drug problems. Yeah. <laughs> those will get you. We interrupt this conversation for a reading by Zito. Thank you, Pat. I would like it to be known that Sam has been listening. Uh. It's not going great for the kid to read at the wedding. <laughs> but today's the day it all turns around. Isn't that right, Todd? Yeah, I think so. This Here is we go. This Zito. is the playoffs. Let's go. If you guys haven't heard about Roan, you're really missing out. What is the like phone sex voice? <laughs> I know, it's so seductive. You, you get like a phone sex voice. I feel comfortable. Okay. Roan is a men's performance lifestyle and premium activewear brand that is engineered for unparalleled quality and comfort. Unparalleled. In parallel. On? In. No, un, un. There it is. Yeah. Well, you're reading the paper, not me. I mean, oh, okay. I thought I said it wrong. I, was like, <laughs> I think I was right. Unparalleled. Am I saying it wrong? No, no. Say it again. Unparalleled. Now you got oh, it. Oh, there you go. Mm. What was I saying before? On. Unparalleled. Oh, come on, guys. <laughs> and you were like sounding it out. <laughs> yeah, Un it's a big word. Unparalleled. Unparalleled. There it is. Uh, you kind of drifted back into the <laughs> on there just to prove your point that you weren't wrong. <laughs> <laughs> They're an absolute necessary for guys on the go. It doesn't matter if you're training in the gym. They're an absolute necessary. <laughs> They're an a they are an absolute necessary. Necessity. Oh. <laughs> uh. 
Right from the top. They are an absolute necessity for guys on the go. It doesn't matter if you're training in the gym or jumping on international flights. Oh. Oh. Isn't that amazing? Was that a question mark? Kind of sounded like you were questioning what they said there. I was questioning the word international at first. Uh, They are your... (laughs) That's a tough one. (laughs) International is a tough one. You don't see it very With all these on and ins and uns, I don't know what I'm... Good point. Yeah, it's not international. (laughs) <laughs> they are the they are your new to go go to men's clothing brand. My favorite is <laughs> You know what your favorite is you have them. Oh uh, yeah, the nine inch white shorts. They could keep your cell phone. They have a cell phone pocket. People forget that. Oh. Oh. It's a zipper, right? Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. Nice. So you jump around. Yeah. It don't fall out. I, I saw like Rowan in the store too. They got some Oh, they're in the stores? Yeah, they're in they got no some uh, placement in some places. I yeah. wear their right. shorts all the time. Good shorts. And they look good in the store, by the way. Mm-hmm. When you walk through, you stop, you go, Oh, those ones are nice and all the ones. I actually stop. I was like, Oh, I like these shorts. I look at them I'm like, Rowan. Oh, <laughs> makes sense. Probably already have them. Yeah. It's good for me. Roan makes something for the modern man, regardless of the occasion. In addition to an awesome selection of premium shorts, shirts, tank top socks, swimwear, Roan engineers clothing perfect for the office, long flights, and commutes. Mm. Mm-hmm. And now Roan has just released their amazing new commuter collection. Perfect for looking great and saying, oh, this is wrong, saying comfortable at the office. Staying comfortable or saying it? Staying comfortable. Oh, so they're not saying comfortable. In like my when own... you put their clothes on, you don't just like say comfortable. I do like <laughs> I to do say, say comfortable. It's a good word to say. It is a good word to say. The best way to know you're comfortable is when you say it. Mm, comfortable. Comfy. Yeah. Hmm. In my There's, words. I'm actually uncomfortable right now. So. Yeah, because we're not staying on track. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it is uncomfortable. Uncomfortable. Yeah. Yeah, uncomfortable. On comfort is what Roan does. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. They stay on comfort. And they stay comfortable. At all times. Uh, I forgot where I left off. Never would have guessed. Roan Commuter Collection is the performance alternative to the everyday work wear, offering everything from pants, polo, shirts, and shirts, and all lightweight, comfortable, and wrinkle-free. The Commuter Collection, <laughs> there was a big space there. <laughs> Jeez, just get to the action. Uh, I'm going to call it to this action right here. Uh, go to oh roan.com slash America today and use promo code... What's the slash and then code? Probably America. So it's slash America today and use promo code America? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. All right. Go to com slash America today and use promo code America to get 20% off your first purchase. That's R-H-O-N-E dot com slash America, promo code America for 20% off Roan.com slash America. boy Zito! Roan does make incredible clothes. Their shorts are impeccable. The tank tops are comfy. The socks, everything's good. They're all terrain clothes, ATCs, honestly. R H O N E dot com forward slash America, 20% off your first order. Yes. You won't regret it. You will not regret it at all. Roan will regret sponsoring this show. <laughs> I'm uncomfortable. Uncomfortable. <laughs> Hey, uh, mm-hmm. the guys in the room are big fans of yours, obviously. They probably have some questions. Uh, this section, this segment is called The Room Wants to Know. Cool. We don't have any music. <laughs> <laughs> but at that spot where you said cool is where the music for the segment would go if we okay. had music for the segment. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah. What's up? AJ, I respect Hello. your opinion on everything. Hot topic. Aliens, Area 51. Just yeah. go. Yep. I'd like to hear it am, all. Am I storming? You're not. You have a brain. 
Now let's go back to the others that are storming. And nobody if- is storming. First off, nobody's storming. They're not going to happen. They, it's supposed to happen in what, September? It's too early now. Why would you give them all this heads-up notice? You're, they're not going to get shot because uh, Area 51, <laughs> who knows what's there. Right Pat Air Force Base, we all know that's where the aliens are supposedly stored in Ohio or close to where I grew up. So what? that's where the aliens are in the basement down there. Yeah, look it up, Pat. Where? Right Pat Air Force Base. Some people say right that. Right Pat Air Force? Yep. Right Pat the Wright Patterson Air Force Base, the like room. Fairborn, Ohio. Oh, can I get access to that place? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm if you want to, that's supposedly where they may have taken some of them. But no, the Area Fifty One deal. I thought Pat, you had a great Twitter rant about that, or whatever you said, and like a little GIF I think involved with it. Was that today? Yeah, I mean, it made a made a couple of newspapers. My comment, uh, no big deal. Yeah, no hope, big deal. Yeah. Hey, shout Name out to the hipsters that are going to go. Shout out to them. I appreciate what you got to do. But I have an island. That I am looking to buy in a couple of years, so I can't be dying right now. But I do appreciate their service to the rest of America, just going out there and getting lasered to death while trying to find out if there's aliens or not. I, I, you know, I give credit to Rob Lowe had a reality show for a minute, and he and his kids went to like the perimeter fence of Area 51 and filmed it all. Did you see that? No. no. Yeah, I don't. It was maybe I probably saw it six, eight months ago. He was like, "Yeah, they like camped out right outside the perimeter." He doesn't seem like the type of guy that would go either. I know. It was weird. It was a weird show. You watched it? I watched that episode, yeah. I didn't know it was even happening. And then I'm like, oh, Rob Lowe's got a reality show where they follow him around? I was sitting next to Peyton Manning in the training room. Oh, name drop, go. <laughs> when um, there was a lot of controversy and conversation about whether or not Peyton was going to get cut. It was right before a lot of things were happening. And Rob Lowe put out a tweet that had made it on ESPN and the NFL Network in the training room on TV that said his sources said Peyton was retiring. And I have never seen – I've never seen – he was literally right next to me. And then Jim Irsay replied back with a shot. He took a shot at Rob Lowe. Like Jim Irsay replied with like a shot at Rob Lowe. And they're like old friends. I guess they took a couple big shots at each other. That's the only way I know Rob Lowe. I, and that is how I know Rob Lowe. Handsome guy that pissed off Peyton Manning. <laughs> That's in my head. That's how I know. You believe in aliens, though, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. I don't know. You may be an alien. Oh, what does that even mean, right there? Like hybrids. You don't like a hybrid. You you may be an alien with living in disguise. Pat Shell. What I know. Hybrids. Yeah, you would know. But you're saying they live amongst us, and we wouldn't know the difference. Like Men in Black. Like sugar water. (laughs) 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 You think think it's like that? That's a good callback. Um, <laughs> That's what I do. I don't know. Skin I don't, is hanging I off mean, your bones. Who knows? Like the alien talk. I know Bob Lazar is hot right now. His documentary came out. Or whatever. I don't. I don't know. I've read enough. To, if there are, cool. Like, do they want to fight us? I don't know. I doubt it. I don't think they want. <laughs> nah. Kill by them the with way, indifference. By the kill them with it. Kill the aliens with indifference, bro. <laughs> yeah, this is my problem. Yeah, this is the thing. I feel like the alien talk is so played out. I just don't have. A, I don't well, that's on me then. <laughs> oh, basic what? ass digs over there. He's, yeah. Diggs said that's on him. All right, well, different question. You ever watch Very Cavalier? I watched the clips, the highlight clips of Jay Cutler on the internet. Big Jay Cutler fan from that show. Yeah, me too. I've always big been a big Cutler. fan, by the way. If the media hates you, I probably am a fan. If I, it just That's kind of how it goes. If the media chooses to show you in negative lights instead of positive lights, I always wonder about 
that person if they're an awesome person or not because they had to do something to piss off the media which I'm assuming Jay Cutler did early in his career he pissed off a member of the media and somebody was like all right, anytime he says anything negative on the sideline let's get a fucking close up on that thing let's not show a single positive thing this guy does because that's what it was You, we've all seen star players on the sideline anybody that's played in the game has seen star players on the sideline do something negative or regrettable but the cameras don't fucking show it with Jay Cutler he was like the first athlete that every negative thing he did was shown i mean it was if he is gonna if he's gonna cross his arms and look as if he's pouting which i'm assuming a lot of people do we're gonna get a close-up of that and we're gonna go ahead and talk shit about him too while it goes in it always made me wonder about why he was hated by everybody i mean i think it was just his general his attitude that what people didn't whatever i don't know just that what he gave off like his facial expressions his body language like how people talk about eli same thing like we don't really that's not who they are but it I don't know. He's very I love Jay. He was fun to play against. I think he's great on that show. That's all I, I hear people tell me about the show all the time. I don't. I don't watch it, but I watch the clips, and I'm a big Cutler he's fan. Great. From he's it. great. Um, if let's go back to the aliens thing. I had to follow up before the Jay Cutler. Mm-hmm. Let's say the aliens do want to fight. Who are the four humans you're sending out there? Mm-hmm. Pac-Man Jones is one. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, for real, I'm taking Pac because, I mean, it, you may injure Pac, but he'll come get you and your whole family and everybody you've ever talked to. Do you see that guy in the airport try to fight him as soon as he landed with his Popeye's chicken? Drop, yeah. drop that fucking guy. <laughs> Bad idea, buddy. I just told you that. Um, Pac-Man, I, I would send. Brock. Do they have to be? Do they have to be living right now? Uh, yeah, I mean, because if it's going to happen, it's going to happen. So we do need them to be currently alive. Brock Lesnar, would you send him? No, absolutely not. Um, oh, well. <laughs> we'll dump that from the show. <laughs> I don't want Brock Lesnar to think anything negative was said about him on this show. I mean, well, no, just strictly because Brock had like 30 feet of his intestine taken out years ago. That's just not good if you're going to fight aliens. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. Intestines. Yeah. 30 a, feet of intestines? Not feet, but a, a, a big chunk of it when he was out for a while. He had that crazy like diverticulitis mm-hmm. type thing where it was eating away at him. He had to get all taken out. He was in really bad oh, shape. He might be infected less, already. Less intestines for them to eat, though. Yeah, that's what I'm oh. saying. <laughs> Maybe that's like an advantage, a pro for that's us going point. against the aliens. Like they're going to know, like, oh, he's got a lot less. Don't even kill him because there's not enough food in there. Did yeah, you watch the Lazard documentary? like World War Z. Yeah. Let's assume that they can see through a human and see how much intestines he has if they have mm. the ability to create that fucking gravity thing. Okay, so they know Brock. Okay, then I'll take Brock because I'm gonna, I'm gonna Brock's gonna get off the bus first and scare everybody. Yep. <laughs> so Brock, then Pac is right behind him. Okay. Adam Pac-Man Jones. Then right after that would probably be Tom Cruise because that guy might be a hybrid. Yep. So Hook, he can get in tight with these guys. He they are down. they are saying aliens are shorter. Oh, mm-hmm. and Tom he's Cruise five two. I mean, Come on. maybe he's taller than that, right? <laughs> he's like five five. five. <laughs> Do we know that if he's five five? Yeah, he's like five 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 six. What's so. he listed as? Five 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 six. Okay, so, yeah. so Hollywood. He's probably five three, what five four. Lifts. But he's yeah, a five, badass. Five three and a half. Yeah, he would have dominated Bieber if they actually fought. Yep. Did you see Bieber do that uh, roundhouse inside bottle cap challenge leg kick thing? Mm-hmm. That almost looked, made me turn on Tom Cruise. No. <laughs> he looked pretty good. He, the precision of that inside Vans, the Vans shoe that he was wearing with the precision. Did you do it? Did you do the bottle cap challenge? Yeah, yeah, of course. Of course. I saw it. Did you see Steve-O do it with his dong? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That was my favorite one. 
Well, every long snapper in America is doing them now. I get sent them <laughs> with a ball, probably for a minute. Yeah. I mean that, and then the old faces deal is is already played out. Oh. Yeah, but I got in there when it was good. I feel good about <laughs> it. Somebody did it for me though, so I didn't give up any of my information to the Russians. Good for you. Yeah, I know. I know that's a big thing now. Through oh, 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 you people putting your old photos up, and the Russians got your whole life in their hands now. Good luck. <laughs> I'm like, uh, just check f- their Facebook. <laughs> How about you? They're on your. They're listening through. Like not the Russians. They have whole everything. Everything is a microphone in your house. Look at you. So you're they a conspiracy you. theorist. All right, good. So how do you feel about Bigfoot? Oh, Bigfoot's not real. No, I'm out on Bigfoot too. Sasquatch. No, I mean come on now. Like, very what? recent out on Bigfoot. By the way, for me it was a big moment. Very very recent. All the way out on Bigfoot. What turned you? Well, I was on a I was on a runway uh, for 45 minutes. We couldn't get a jetway uh, thing, and we we're just sitting there. And it was recently after I watched the Bob Lazar thing. And I was all the way in on aliens after that, obviously. All the way in. I might have been like 75% in before that, 100% in there. So I had to be some all the way out on something else. And it just turned out that my conspiracy hat couldn't handle the Bigfoot conspiracy in there as well, since I'm all the way in on aliens now. I get it. So it was a a big moment, though, because I I mean, I have a Sasquatch uh, paper mache Mm -hmm. statue in my front yard, Mm -hmm. two size. Two sides. It's like 10 feet tall. <laughs> so, I mean, I was all the way in on Bigfoot for a long time. One Bigfoot hunting in Georgia, but I'm all the way out on it now. I mean, yeah, just look at the people that hunt Bigfoot right okay. now. That'll, that's all you know. <laughs> I mean, I went hunting for Bigfoot. I mean, so you're technically. In the past. Not anymore, though. New me. New me. New Pat. New year. So you don't believe in Bigfoot, but you believe in aliens? I, I mean, I guess if you say I believe in aliens, yeah, I just think they're you know, the universe and all the other universes out there, it's so big, there's something going on, probably. I agree. We know more about yeah. the ocean than we do space, for sure. Absolutely. AJ. We don't, we don't know anything about the ocean still, though. Oh, uh, well, mm. let's not go that far. <laughs> I mean, we know quite a bit. <laughs> we just don't have the time right now to talk about that. <laughs> no, you're right. Just <laughs> know <laughs> you're wrong. Just know you are wrong, though. You're right, AJ. It's an entire right. three-hour show. <laughs> I mean, I know James Cameron went to the bottom of the Mariana Trench in a little bullet and saw nothing. Cool. So we know a lot. There ain't shit down there. Done there. Don't need to go back. Locked it in. Have you ever seen anybody in a little bubble go to the end of space? Yeah, a couple times. Well, okay, really? What's his name? I mean, everything you're saying is just now all of a sudden getting a little bubble. Where the, there is no end of space. Uh, exactly. Oh, great question. Oh. Great, great, great answer. Thank you. We know where water ends. Well, do we? Do we? Yeah, that trench. Yeah. That then it opens up into the kaiju portal and <laughs> <laughs> this is a real touchy subject amongst the room here. I'm sure I can I can sense that because oh, yeah. <laughs> Nick Marauder over there is our most educated guy. Went to school the longest. He has like uh, <laughs> he did all this stuff. It's a great way to describe him. No, and it's accurate. Yeah. So he's the most qualified to speak on like flat earth and aliens and Bigfoot. Yeah. Because books have told him all these right answers throughout his entire life. And he just one day in passing, I don't even think it was supposed to be something. He said, well, we know more about space than we do about the ocean. How about we spend money on studying the ocean? And I've never been more flabbergasted about something in my entire life. I'm like, are you fucking kidding me right now? I just put my foot in the fucking ocean last week. I never put my foot in space. I don't think we know anything about space. And then it, it became it became a three-hour serious radio show. We can show. tell you so much more information about space than what's at the bottom of that ocean. It'd oh, make your head spin. Oh, my God. Just Blast We're me. not getting into it. Todd has a question. AJ. AJ, you're wrong. You're on the wrong side of history here. <laughs> yeah. Let's say you're walking through the desert 
you see a kind of a part of a lamp sticking out of the sand. You pull that lamp out of there. You rub the dust off. Oh, oh. a genie pops out. Oh. <laughs> Will Smith. Why? And uh-huh. it's a show booker genie. Oh, never mind. The only wishes they can grant is booking guests for your show. You can only get one wish. So this show booker genie says, I can get you any guest in the world, any human being you want in the world to do one hour on the hot cast. Who would you, who would you ask for? Great question, by the way. Best question of the day. Oh, hey, well, thanks. Um, <laughs> I don't know what the fuck was that. Hey, you, you might be the best guest we've ever had. So thank you very much. Right, I nice. will say Todd just lied. <laughs> I don't care. Uh, Elon either, Musk. Hey, indifferent. Sorry, what you say? Elon Musk would be my my Ooh. pinnacle guest. Alien. Alien. Hybrid, possibly. You're right. My, uh, that's another one. I'm 100 percent on. Elon Musk is an alien, and he's he's a shapeshifter is that what he's calling yeah and he's figured out a way to fool everybody that his little project x or whatever rocket man x whatever it's called spacex oh yeah i got this thing called spacex it's just a trip for him to go home and he's like oh i was in california i was in california when one of those took off and it was a ufo in the sky it was a ufo in the sky i actually went live on my twitter and instagram i was like Oh, there's a fucking UFO. I did it. I finally did it. Look at me, a part of this. I'm going to be a part of history here. When the next Alien documentary, they're going to use my footage. This is Pat McAfee from the dock in uh, Santa Monica. This is it. I was commentating live. Funny lines, too, because when it's on documentary, let's get a little pop in there. You know, I was doing my best. And then I, I, I shut it off, and nobody else was paying attention. There was like a 1,000 people on the beach. Nobody else was even paying attention to it. All these people that are on massive amounts of drugs didn't even think a second about it. And I go, what is that? And they go, oh, uh, Elon Musk's SpaceX had a launch tonight. We all knew it was coming or whatever. And I was like, oh, so this guy has convinced all these humans on Earth that he just, yeah, he just takes off every once in a while and just goes back to his fucking planet, finds a new technology or an invention, comes back to America, makes another billion with it. He's done it four times. The guy's been a billionaire four times over, and with these new underground fucking trains, mm-hmm. he's going to make a zillion dollars off of this. And I think his country, his planet, they live underground, so he, uh, he has the ability to do whatever he wants. Well, I believe, at least what they tell you, is all of these SpaceX rockets that have launched are unmanned. There's no humans there. Yeah, of course. They just take off and then they come land right back in the same spot for hundreds of years. We've been trying to do that and they just dump into the ocean, start on fire, and he just has this thing that goes like like a fucking bottle rocket straight up and then the bottle rocket just comes right back down, lands in its spot. And a barge, on a barge in the ocean. Like how amazing is that? Five feet wide. Yeah, just draw a little, draw a little target on there. If I hit the middle one, yeah, I think it's like he, a drone. He has like his own little drone that he's controlling, but it's a rocket that goes to outer space and back. Yeah, it just goes to his planet and comes back. Mm-hmm. That's what I think happens. So he's going home. That's a good theory. I've never heard that. He just wants to go. Well, that's perfect. <laughs> if your giant platform somehow reaches Elon his people and he comes on my show, I will ask him like, are you? Tell me. I got to know. My good friend Pat wants to know, are you just trying to go home? With the SpaceX. Yeah. And see what he says. He has that Kawhi reaction to his things, too. Like mm-hmm. the Kawhi laugh reaction. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. That's funny. <laughs> yeah, you're right. He was, he was good on Rogan. He he say he's from, they say he's from another country, but nobody's ever talked to anybody from the other country that knows him. And, it's, and he's from, like, South Africa? Yeah. What's up, bro? <laughs> <laughs> he's an alien though. that's another theory I'm all in on 
Real okay. big, real big on the aliens right now, and Elon Musk is one of them. Oh, it's it would be okay. fun if you were the guy that tripped him up finally, and he had to admit that he was an alien. Yeah. Any other questions that too that I, yeah. I have? I'm gonna send to you for that. Interview. If anyone could do that, I think Pat could trip him up. He'd feel so comfortable and cozy with you, especially mm-hmm. if you had him in studio. Yeah, he'd accidentally like let it slip. Yeah, yeah, for yeah. sure. I'm from back on my planet. I mean, what country? Yeah. Country. Well, let's let's rewind there. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Pretty sure he said planet. Zito, hit the fucking uh, skipping <laughs> tracks. <up. laughs> all right, good. Uh, Mr. Hawk, uh, with all these uh, players getting mad about their Madden uh, uh, scores, <laughs> oh, like I that, can't wait to hear this. Uh, were you ever mad Please about your stop Madden your score? Question. <laughs> <laughs> Worst question of the day. <laughs> what, what were you going to finish? Like, was I ever upset at my Madden score? Yeah. Or rank rating, sorry. Whatever it is. Okay, so uh, I'm offended that you – like, I'm offended <laughs> by the question. I saw the highest <laughs> you've ever been was 95. That was, that was impressive. I've never – okay, the last Madden game I had He's was angry. for Super Nintendo. That's how long ago it was. Fifth grade, maybe, I think. Oh, yeah. And I don't have any problem with people playing video games, playing Madden, whatever. But to sit there and give EA and Madden all this pub, this free pub, by being so distraught and saying you're not going to play the game, how dare they? I'm like, it's a bunch of programmers and people making ratings. Like, they don't know. They get on a couple of websites and check it out and throw ratings out there. Like, why? That's like, that's another thing to put on a chip on my shoulder, right? My Madden ratings on you. Hey, yeah. I told you, mama. I told you they, they, all, they all want me to lose. <laughs> Like, let's go. Like, what are we doing here? Please, stop stop giving the game free pub and stop getting your feelings hurt by your Madden rating. Okay, I would like to come to the defense of the people that got upset. I think I am the first documented angry at Madden adjudicator in the history. The guy actually went and did an interview with somebody who was the Madden rating guy, and he was asked if anybody has ever gotten mad at you for what you ranked them, and he said, uh, there's a punter. I won't say his name, who yelled at me the day we came in to offer up all the free madness to the players and shit that they give and told me that I need to do better research. And that was me. (laughs) That was me because they had my speed at like 30-something and my arm at like 20-something. I'm like, yo, just do some fucking research the next time. My brother plays this game every night with his friends, and he's got to be embarrassed by how unathletic you made little video game me. And then, lo and behold... The next year, I was the fucking top guy. (laughs) So I don't know how if everybody complaining is going to be the top guy, but I did. And they upped my throwing and they upped everything for me. And um, yeah, it was pretty nice of them to do that. I I didn't do it publicly, though. Yeah, that's the thing. Don't do it publicly. I get it. Why you're like, yeah, if your brother's playing the game, your cousins, you don't want to get texts from your buddies. Your cousins, hey, man, why do you suck so bad on Madden? I don't know. I fucking let them know about it, though. I want to let you know that. Think of it now, though. It's going to be a huge marketing scheme where they're going to sit there and they're like, okay, let's put up a list of players who we know are really active on social media, have a big opinion, and let's just give them terrible ratings. And we know that they're going to freak out and post videos all the time about how their Madden rating is too low. They're going to give Jalen Ramsey a 10 next year. (laughs) (laughs) And he's going to burn their building down. Exact guy that would get so much pub if they put him low. You can't trust anything anymore. I don't. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> nothing i mean I, I don't trust anything that anyone says no you really can't it's sad you can't like why and then i'm not i'm not trying to be cynical but if someone tells me a story or whatever I'm like all right yeah i mean i don't believe it but you can <laughs> <tell me> <laughs> <that>. <laughs> 
You, do you believe everything that people tell you? No. Well, if they give it enough conviction, I would like to have hope. Like, for instance, the guy over at Sings yesterday, our uh, gas station right behind him, he told me seven bucks he needs to get back home. Gave him eight. Told him good luck. I assume that he made it back home. <laughs> okay, that's a guy. I would believe him. Or yeah. I, I wouldn't mind if I, and you give money one way or the other, whatever he wants to use the seven or eight dollars. I mean, he didn't look like he was... Uh, he doesn't look like he's seen the state of sobriety in about a decade. <laughs> but I thought seven bucks to get home, well worth it. It's going to change his life. Gave him eight. Told him good luck. Now, what if he's there tomorrow? We're going to find out if he's there today. <laughs> I'm betting I'm betting pretty good that he is. I'm going to have to do the old, oh, card only today, bro. That's the, <laughs> by the way, that's the perfect oh, excuse. Yeah. It's the perfect excuse. Card only, man. Well, I've, I've, I've done that before, it. and they say, well, I'll, hey, I'll just follow you in, and can you just buy me a couple snacks? Well, if they want snacks, you, I, I would get them snacks. Yeah. Would you? What if you're leaving though? Would you go back in and get them snacks? Come back out? No. And also, these people that um, accost us outside of this, Singh would never let them in his building. Mm. <laughs> like that's how bad you know. Like if they try to what get is, in, who is what is Singh? He's the guy that owns the the whole thing. You know Singh, bro, Mister Singh. It actually says Mister Singh on his name tag. <laughs> it, what's the? It's a gas station. Convenience yeah. store, gas station, yeah, one-stop yeah. shop. It's a marathon. It's a marathon, yeah. It's a one-stop oh, yeah. shop for everything. Marathon, yeah. You could have said a marathon. You sing, I thought it was some local indie gas station thing that nobody knows about. Yikes. Jeez. Wow. Wow. Hmm. I mean, sings get, pretty well. You get no. your feelings hurt real easy, Pat. My feelings? No, no. I, I'm just offended. worried about Mr. Sings. <laughs> you get offended when I say something to you. <laughs> Uh, AJ, I have a question for you. We talked about your schedule, your routine. Uh, you're a busy guy. We know that. But what do you what when you get some downtime, some leisure time, oh. and you light up a stove and you kick back? What's your go to form of entertainment, and what's your drink of choice? It's my go to form of entertainment, as in like what what I would yeah. What do you what are you watching? No football. Like what what do you watch outside of football? Or are you on your uh, phone? Or or am I on my phone? You're saying yeah. Uh, if I'm no like. My wife calls me Warren from something about Mary because I wear big Bose headphones around the house all day and night. And for real, like she started calling me Warren a couple of years ago because I've listened to different podcasts all day. Whenever, like, and I, I take one ear off. I usually walk around with one ear pushed back throughout the house when people are awake, and then when they're asleep, I roam around my yard and fix things around the house with headphones on, listening to the latest episodes of whatever I want to listen to. Which episode of ours did you enjoy the most? <laughs> I'd say all of them. Most all of them really good. Great question. Great answer. I, I do listen to the majority of your stuff, Pat, of everything you do. Do you really? Yeah. That's awesome. I listen to all your stuff, too. Okay. I'm a huge <laughs> podcast fan, so obviously I like all the stuff you put out. The whenever I What was that? Yesterday, I sent you a text. It was, uh, it was in response to your text you sent me in Tahoe. I said, uh, I sent you a text. I said, we're brainstorming over here. Your name just came up. We'd love to talk to you. And then you didn't answer for like 30 seconds. So then I FaceTimed. That's my, I, I, I do a one, two combo on people. I'm like, all right, let's go. We're going to answer. And then I got a text back from you. That's like, I'm on the radio till six o'clock tonight. I'm like, that is literally six hours from now. How do you do so much? How do you do so much? Three. It was three to six. It was only three hours yesterday, but I do like four hour shows in the NFL channel a lot. That's a long time. It goes fast, man, if you have a good co-host. Like you and your buddies in there, like I'm sure this goes fast. If I'm doing it with the co-hosts that I work with, are usually they're all pretty fun. It goes pretty quick. We did a three-hour series show. That last half hour, uh, I was about to die. We got very hungry. 
Well, yeah, it helps being at my house. I do it all from my house, a little room upstairs I do it from. When I have to go to a studio and do shows, then it feels like it's a marathon for some reason. When I'm in, like, somebody else's studio, it's weird. Okay. AJ, uh, shoot it to me straight here. I I trust your opinion. How do you think the Packers are going to be this year? Here we go. I mean, they should be really good. They got Aaron, got Devontae Adams, the most underrated receiver in the NFL, I I think. T.Y. Hilton, yep. Yeah, T.Y. Hilton's very underrated, too. You're right. Thank I you. agree. I Those guys' names don't pop up enough when they're talking about like the top tier It never receivers. do. They really never do. No, they should. I, maybe it's because they both seem to Well, I don't know. If, T.Y. is not quiet. He does the cool little dances and stuff. I think celebrations. He only does the T.Y. dance. Yeah. I thought he was doing T.O. the first couple of times I saw him do that. <laughs> I mean, it's the alphabet, bro. Why not? I got it. I figured it out eventually. But no, the Packers are going to be great. I mean, Aaron's <laughs> going to have a huge year. I think he and the floor are going to be fine. There's all this talk about how the relationship is and all this stuff. They're going to be great. LaFleur is a great play caller, and their defense is going to be even better than they were last year. They picked up a couple studs in free agency. They should be great. I mean, why they should be contending for the Super Bowl, but who knows? Everybody's got to stay healthy, too. You were just in a house with Aaron Rodgers in Tahoe for a few days. Him and Danica. I saw the pictures. Wasn't invited. Actually, I was. Maybe I was. I don't know. I, didn't, I chose not to go. I, I decided against it. How's his mindset going into the season? We're like a week out from training camp right now. How's his mindset going in? Good. He seems to be like he always is going into camp. I mean, he's not like, you know, a lot of guys get like depressed and weird when it gets like a week or 10 days out before camp. It's easy to get that way for sure. (laughs) (laughs) I had a countdown. I told all my friends, I'm like, all right, about eight days till you don't fucking hear from me for like six months, guys. Let's go ahead and enjoy this. <laughs> six days, boy. Five. It would be real. That's a real thing. Oh, absolutely. It is dead real. I had a little tinge of that when I heard today that the Broncos reported or something oh. today. I know. I kind of got the chills. Oh, man. gross. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, no, he was great. I think he's a great mindset. He's having a good time. He played good golf. And he physically looks and feels good, I think. So why not? Why not have a monster year? Did you see Tony Romo play it all out there? Yeah, he won the tournament. Is he good? Two years in a row. Yeah, he's a stud golfer. He's unbelievable. He's, he, they, they, there was some article. He, he practices like he's a pro. Like He goes to the range in the morning, hits balls, plays nine holes, sends videos of his swing and putts to his different golf coaches he has. Like, eats lunch there, plays golf again in the afternoon, another 9 or 18, goes to the range, works on a short game. Like, he has a full, like, professional golfer schedule. So he's trying to become a pro then. That's what he's – he's trying to become a professional golfer. Probably. He's played in – he's got some exemptions and played in some PGA events. He hasn't made a cut yet, but – I don't think he's played his best rounds either whenever he's got a chance to get up there. I'm sure it's difficult, man, playing when the courses are set up for the pros and there's a lot of pressure on you. If you're trying to make the cut in a PGA event and playing against the best in the world. Not really, if you have $100 million, is there really still, that much pressure? Yeah, you still want to play well. He still wants to make the cut. What does, what does bank account mean for that? Well, that's what you're – no, you're not playing for that. You're playing for love of the game, obviously. Look, oh, okay. Obviously, so you're playing for love of the game. <laughs> I, I don't even know what I was thinking there, thinking well, that you're no, playing strictly you're probably, for the cash that you could potentially win. Yeah, okay, Pat. Of course you want to make money. Yes, you do. But if you had $100 million in the bank and you could go win the Super Bowl playing for a team right now, I'm sure you'd do it. It's a great question. Anybody else have any questions? Yeah. <laughs> AJ, how do you think Ohio State does without Urban Meyer? And do you think he coaches again in the future? I think they're going to be good, man. Justin Fields, they got this transfer, came in, who was like the number two quarterback in the country coming out of high mm-hmm. school. He's a stud. Came over from Georgia. 
it's all on him. They have a ton of talent around him, um, but they're going to be good. Ryan Day's new new head coach, who was the offensive coordinator. He's a good dude. I've talked to him. Had him on my podcast actually. I went and did it in person with him. He's a cool dude. He gets it. Like he he's a confident dude that yeah, I enjoy, I like him a lot. And then what do you say? The second question. Oh, Urban. Yeah. I think yeah, Urban's only like fifty four, fifty five years old. He's doing the Fox pregame show this year hmm. with my brother in law Brady and. Leinert and Reggie Bush. I think that'll be cool, but they're already talking about him possibly taking the USC job if that opens up soon. I think the only two jobs he would ever come out of retirement for uh, would be possibly the USC job, but the only the only job really would be the Notre Dame game mm-hmm. if they somehow hit a little bit of a slide. I think he, I could see him going to Notre Dame. That's so interesting to me. The Notre Dame job is still one that is so highly aspired. Is that right? Yeah. 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 All you do is win there, and you fucking automatically get in the playoffs. That TV deal. Yeah, it's an institution. Yeah, it's something about it. They don't. And Urban was there before. He was on the staff back in the day too, so he has some ties. Todd McComas is a big nerd. He's got a Notre Dame hat on right now. Big Notre Dame fan. I, I think the Notre Dame fans are uh, eager for Notre Dame to potentially get good again. Not yeah, good that again, would be nice. But yeah. <laughs> great again. Great again. Yeah, because yeah. they're on national TV, so everybody knows if they're not doing good. So if you're a Notre Dame fan, you literally have to hear about it from everybody because just like that half and half jersey, Notre Dame is shoved down our throats. <laughs> 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 Notre Dame is shoved down our throats. And uh, yeah. if we can well, get it back very, to when your brother in law played there, place. that would be nice. I mean, they made yeah. the playoffs last year. Yeah. I mean, they're always good, but like fake good, you know, they're going to get beat when they well, play yeah, somebody yeah. real. That's what I'm saying. That's, yeah. why it's a good coaching team. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is real because all season you're pretty good. Mm-hmm. You're in a pretty good spot. Right. You might have to survive one PR blow there at the end when you have a <laughs> devastating loss to somebody. But <laughs> yeah. other than that, you're going to be back mm-hmm. again next year. That is, that is a good job, I guess. Are you sure 100% right? Uh, anything else you'd like to say? No, thank you for the opportunity, Pat. <laughs> Any official comments on anything? Um, as far as what, like the aliens or Bigfoot that. or what? We already had that. If you just like to go on record or anything, get off your chest. I, I love a new segment. New segment. If, if you had to go on TV and give an endorsement for the Pat McAfee Show podcast, mm-hmm. how, how would you phrase it? What would be your endorsement? That is also a new segment. I would say so. Like right now, you're doing it. You're like doing a commercial to right to, now. If I'm trying to tell you to listen to it, Talking Head, you got like a 20 second spot. To Mike, give a shout out. You're on Get Up right now. Yeah. Mike Greenberg, uh, it's just like a library, said, "Oh my God, AJ, uh, you listen to podcasts all the time." I just started. Mike Greenberg actually said this uh, on his show, maybe in the future at some point. He said, "I only listen to the Pat McAfee Show podcast. It's so much fun. Uh, do you listen to it? Why do you like it?" Well, yeah, of course I listen to the Pat McAfee Show podcast, but I also listen to many, many others because I think <laughs> it's the best thing. Nobody's in, it's not a competition out here, guys. You can listen to everything. We're always looking for great new content, but Pat McAfee, not only is he a big, strapping, handsome dude that may or may not be on steroids, judging by the look of his arms and his cut-off sweatshirt he is wearing, but he's very entertaining. He's actually a real person. This isn't a character that he's playing. That means a lot. Let's go to the break. You kept putting your finger up for me, though. It didn't stop me. I'm, that's, nah, I mean, I I'm mean it was uncomfortable to listen to how good-looking I am. You know what I mean? I was, <laughs> it didn't let me get to anything else I wanted to get to, so whatever. All right, new segment. Uh, get it off your chest. You have something that pisses you off. Just go ahead and say it. No, I'm good. I, I feel very... View me, as, you. view me as Dr. Phil, Dr. Pat. Get it off your chest. <laughs> Dr. Pat, 
Get it off your chest. That's the segment. No. New segment. Do you, right, right no. Do you, Pat, do you think that you are a very positive person in general? I would assume so, yeah. I think you are too. Mm-hmm. That was a great segment. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm just thinking, you know, because we've been around, me and you have been around some people, a couple people at times that maybe weren't the coolest or most fun. And you're very, very nice in how you tear somebody down. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know what that means. Honestly, I, I don't even know. I don't even know what you're You very, about. like, yeah, you just like, yeah, you weren't, you don't like go for the jugular. You're just like, oh, yeah, yeah, it's not the, wouldn't be my first choice to call. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Well, I just, you know, just like to keep it moving, man. I honestly, I look back, this has nothing to do with what you just said, but I look back to the pre-production meetings that you, me, and that Sean guy had with Baylor in their hotel room. Yeah. And I couldn't even fathom what the fucking everybody in there imagined. I walked in there with a sleeveless hoodie on, right? I had a sleeveless hoodie on, and I think I had jorts on. I think I had a sleeveless hoodie and jorts on. Everybody's kind of wearing like suits or like buttoned up shirts. And there was in this big table and Matt Rule walks in. And I've never been in one of these meetings before. I have no fucking idea. And there was a couple questions asked that were like very professional questions. And then I just thought it was a podcast. Like in my head, I was like, oh, this is just a fucking podcast. Matt Rule, what's, what's one thing you've learned from something in the past? You're like, you know what? I should hang on to that. And then he went into a run with Tom Coughlin about Tom Coughlin and this whole thing. And I just, I felt the eyes from the Fox people. I just felt them all over me. And I was like, eh, probably not supposed to be in this world. But I felt like you and I was like a podcast host in there with Matt Rule, then that quarterback, and then that other kid. Honestly, that's how I felt. It was great. Well, that's why you're good at it. If you, if you remember, you had the producer of our game on your show the next week, I think. Yep. He even said, like, no, I think not, not only how you dress, but how you carry yourself. Like, you got more, we got more out of those coaches and players than you normally would because you make them feel comfortable. Why don't why didn't that happen more often though? Because there's only one Pat McAfee. That's what we're looking for. <laughs> That's the cut. That is cut what, that right now. That, that is what we were looking for. That's what we were looking for. Thank you. But there's only one AJ Hawk, to be honest. Maybe. I think so. Definitely. You're, you're quite an accomplished football player. Quite an accomplished football player. Mm-hmm. And you just have just like we were talking about with Aaron and Baker. You have this relatability and humility about you that is honestly stupid. You shouldn't have it. You're too attractive and too good at things to be this humble, and uh, I think I enjoy the shit out of it. Yeah, I don't know if I'm very relatable because I have a hard time relating to other people, like when I hang out with them. <laughs> Indifferent. Like, when I, like if I get in a group of people, like couples, and there's – no, not even couples. Just sometimes I get, with, I get put with random people, and I'm like, man, I would just – Never even comment on this conversation. That we're trying to I've never agreed with anything more. And I and I feel like I'm like, am I bad? I asked my wife, I'm like, am I a terrible person? Like, I just don't want to engage at all. This, this is it. Get it off your chest. This is this is get off your chest. Now, two segments have been covered here. Just want to let you know, we Good. just got you into two segments without really getting into two segments. I'd like to know that. That's why. That's why you guys are the best. The um, the celebrity golf scrambles. Where they put you with a pairing or a foursome? Yeah. 
That is when I feel exactly how you feel. I'm like, great, this is four and a half hours of my life that I'm going to fucking hate forever. Oh, the pro-am? Uh, no, not the pro-am. Whenever like your teammate has a charity golf outing, oh, you're yeah. a celebrity that gets teamed up with a foursome, mm. yep. and you're like a fifth player, and it's like, oh, this is going to be fun. It's my nightmare! Yeah, that's exactly right. You get put, if you get put with a good group, fun four and a half hours. If they're good, you guys are good golfers, and they're kind of a cool group of humans. But on a complete opposite end of the spectrum, if you're known uh, for... Instance just getting arrested for being drunk, you normally get put with a group of uh, younger drinking group. You know what I mean? And boy, everybody's a comedian in those groups. And I, I never hated uh, more time. I don't do them anymore. Right? It's, it's not about you, though. It's about them. I know. They paid uh, probably $400 to be in that golf tournament. So I have to be miserable for four and a half hours. And that's just something I don't do those anymore. I'll just donate to the cause. How about this? Save it. I'll donate. <laughs> get my own yeah. foursome, ride around by myself. <laughs> That'd be great. I do. I, I play in those things every once in a while. And yeah, I'm with you. The number one question I get, like, oh, are you, how many cigars do you smoke? And I'm like, uh, 18 holes worth. <laughs> every time. Like, I'm going to – so they always, like, get up. They get worried and upset. Not upset, but, yeah, you're right. If you get a good group, it's awesome. Fun day. And if you get a group that's not so great, it can be a long, long, long day. By the way, that was very positive of you, the way you described that as not so great. You're rubbing off on me, man. That's, I think that's why I brought it up because maybe a couple of times I've been around. You're like, man, am I like, am I just being too mean to these people behind their back? <laughs> yeah. They don't know though. Like these are situations where you can bury people because the people don't know because you give the alternative. Like, oh, it was also a fun group. So the group that I'm talking about currently probably thought they were the funnest group mm. of all time. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Great point. Yeah. So nobody's gonna know. It's okay to bury them. They fucking were terrible, bro. By hole two, <laughs> I wanted to kill myself. <laughs> Thought about using my head as a T for one of the guys. <laughs> You're right. Nobody will ever know who I'm talking about, but I know. Still remember them to this day. They're terrible. <laughs> All right. Have a great fall, AJ. Thanks. You too. AJ, what's your go-to cigar? Good job with your show. Thanks. What'd you say? What's your go-to cigar? What's my go-to? Oh, uh... Why don't you make your own cigars? Why? <laughs> <laughs> It'd be fun to set up a little thing in your garage. You smoke a lot of them. You just have your own. Yeah, you wouldn't have to go out and It's like rolling your own garbage. cigarettes. Dude. Yeah. We get some garbage cigars instead of smoke <laughs> decent ones I can buy. <laughs> <laughs> Why don't you make good ones? <laughs> okay. Well, I need to go back and be born again somewhere else. And learn how to roll <laughs> Getting a company, like you creating a cigar. Not really. Yeah, that sounds like a good use of my time. <laughs> <laughs> like, how about I go online to Cigars International and order the two or three boxes every two weeks that I do every month? What are those two to three boxes you order? I get the cigar that got me into smoking is Perdomo Champagne, like tenth anniversary. They're not. I don't smoke any real expensive ones. Just like light Connecticut wrapper cigars. Camacho is one I like. Hey, let me suggest a Monte Cristo number two for you. Yeah, I've had it. I'm I'm kind of a baby though. Like I can smoke a lot of cigars, but I don't like dark, like heavy cigars. Every time I smoke a cigar, I just the next two days my fucking shit is just ruined. Like your throat? Yeah. You gotta drink water. I drink gallons of water when I smoke cigars. So it dehydrates me. That's why my throat feels bad. No, I mean I don't I don't know what it is, but people always tell me the same thing that their throat hurts or whatever. I never get that. And I'll, I'll smoke a bunch of them, but I just. 
I just need, I feel like I need to pound water when I do, but maybe that's why that keeps me from feeling terrible the next day. Do you ever keep any unlit cigars in your mouth? No. <laughs> so you don't have the look of like just it floating around in your mouth? <laughs> no, like I'm some old Italian dude walking around New York City or something. Yeah. <laughs> or Cuban. Or Cuban, yeah. Yeah, that's, no, I, no, you gotta be a pretty confident man to do that. <laughs> <laughs> Cigar Z getting buried okay. right now. We have a Cuban kid on our roster here. His name is Zito. Yeah. Can't speak Spanish. His whole family spoke Spanish to him his entire life. Can't speak Spanish, but he has a, a character, uh, a personality within himself called Cigar Zit. Yeah. And he just chews on an unlit cigar. Yeah, if you need rollers, I got you. Okay. I like that. I like that character. It's a good character. It's probably my favorite, to be honest. Yeah. He kind of disappeared whenever... Uh, Either somebody pissed on the cigar or something, something <laughs> happened to the cigar that he had. He just won't chew on it anymore. He gets extra confident when the cigar comes out, too. Yeah, and I he think does. that happens with a lot of people. You put a cigar in your mouth, you, Shazier bought him a new you one. You just become more confident. Yeah, it's like it, it gives you something to do with your hands. Uh-huh. I'm a big hand guy, too, so that makes just sense. Don't, just don't let Pat Keister stash one of those before you <laughs> get into that character. Hand stuff. Oh, I wish I would have thought of that. <laughs> Damn, that would have been awesome. Chocolate flavored. <laughs> Jesus. You ever seen that cigar aficionado magazine? Yeah, I get it. When are we going to get you on the cover of that thing? Uh, I don't think that's really my thing either. I, I, uh, what was the guy? Kurt Douglas? Oh, Had, yeah. He was on last week. Michael, mm-hmm. Kurt, whatever. Yeah, Michael Douglas. No, the other one that's married to Goldie Hawn. Um, oh, Kirk. Uh, Kurt Russell. Kurt Russell. Kurt Russell. Yeah. He was on it, just this last one. My father-in-law got me a subscription, so I get it every month. Chad Johnson's trying to make a play to get on there. He has his own cigars, 8-5 cigars or something like that. Yeah, Ray Lewis has a cigar, too. I've seen it at the store. They'll kill you. <laughs> <laughs> we'll edit that out. Is that going to stay in? <laughs> <laughs> well, that's noted Steeler fan, <laughs> Anthony DeGilio. Unbelievable. <laughs> on the football field he will, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, thanks, AJ. <laughs> thanks, guys. Good to be with you. Describe your style on the football field. My what? What was your style on the football field? 95 rating. I mean, is that so you're serious? You're not serious, are you? This is I feel like I'm in a pre production meeting for a topic I don't want to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> oh, just absolute vicious animal violence. Like that's what you're supposed to say. <laughs> I would like my NFL linebacker to act like that, yeah. Yeah, you would. I know you would. So would the majority of people that watch. I would not. I would want my middle linebacker to flip off the ref and uh, the other team and get caught on camera doing that. That's what the I would ref. Do. I've never flicked off the ref. Come on. Just the other team? No, just one of my assistant coaches. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That's what I'm looking for. Okay. Well, yeah. Well, then you can describe it much better than I can, what you want your linebacker to, to feel like. What do you want his style of play to be? How are your shoulders? Are they good? Great. Tore my right pack a while back, but it's good. Everything else is good. That makes no sense because you should be fucked up. Like you should be, you know what I mean? Like you well, should I mean, be. My knee is straight bone on bone, and I got other stuff. But like now, my shoulders—I have been real lucky. Neck, shoulders, everything. I, I started doing neck machine like in fourth grade, so <laughs> my upper, my upper part. Is Who's that? Dead. Chopper. Chopper, where? Is that here? Is that that's your wife's dad? Yeah, yeah, that's my father-in-law, Chopper. He, Chopper, would, he's trying to get my six-year-old doing neck machine already. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
All right, man. I'll see you. Thank you so much. Ladies and Thanks, gentlemen, guys. legend of a human, AJ Hawk. Great Cholet, fun Cholet. Big thanks to AJ Hawk. If you can tweet him and tell him thanks for coming on, that'd be fantastic. For myself, Todd Diggs, Nick Zito, Ty, Evan, Billy, Jason McAfee, and Tim McAfee, we can't thank you enough for everything you do. Massive announcements coming soon. Heartland Radio mm. 2.0 is tomorrow. Ty Schmidt, hit the music. Chicken, chicken, microphone, chicken. I'll tell you what you need to know. Holla, holla, gotta make a dollar. Time to put on a show. Many, many, one too many. People try to fill my shoes. But see ya, see ya, see you around later. I'm about to make a move.